Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. and Crane on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Lawrence was bumped. Got it to go and the opportunity for three. Down to four for Greasel. Backing his way in. Shot up and good at the buzzer. And Nebraska on the road is going to head into the locker room up five. Great first half by Nebraska. Wilters get back up off the bench for Nebraska. Tominaga can't miss in the second half. Big Ten basketball has been great. Every night you get games like this that we have in front of us right now. And you wonder how Nebraska would respond after the big win. And the answer has been in a big way. Three to shoot. Riesel, floater, hits again. My goodness, has the grad transfer been good tonight? Winners of three of four on a double-digit victory on the road over Rutgers. What a response by Nebraska. February 15th, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the h H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Happy to have you with us, 590 ESPN Omaha. 1480 ESPN Lincoln, which I will update you by show's end on that. We are live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. And the reason I say it's February 15th to open the show is because I can't believe we are already halfway through the month of February. Yeah, it goes quick, doesn't it? Everything just goes by so fast, especially when you do a job like this, because there's so much turnover. The rate that you move in sports is so fast that at some point... You really have to take advantage of the moments where you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Man, it wasn't last night. It was funny. Uh, good morning, by the way. Hey, good morning to you. Be a part of what we're doing. 888-638-4876. Plenty of hot takes. I had the best one yesterday. I'm just going to go ahead and get that one out of the way. Because as you wake up on March 5th, Creighton will not have lost a basketball game. <laughs> It's the greatest take ever. How about Joel when he said, I kind of want to take you up on that, man. But uh, He didn't want to place a side bet. And I, and I knew full well last night was going to be the, the – The sweat? Yeah. Yeah, last night, was the, last night was the sweat game. Still should have won it. But anyway, so yesterday I'm watching, uh, you know, West Side of Miller West. And I get there early, obviously. I'm – corner guy I'm, I'm pulling a drew down in grand island getting my game watch right so i had a decision to make okay so i have to know i have to 
ask myself, okay, am I going Nebraska first or Creighton? I went Nebraska. Smart move. Just, well, because I felt like, so full disclosure, it's not, yeah, it's my alma mater, but I, do you know why I chose Nebraska? I felt like it would command less attention. I was about to say you chose Nebraska because you would feel like you would have to focus more on the Creighton that, Providence that, game that, just because that is, that of is the correct. superiorness. And that, I say that. It was close. You know, the line was one and a half. Nebraska's got as high as 14. I was like, okay. So at the very same moment, caddy corner from me is one Alvin Mitchell. So Fita's got his Nick. So Alvin's got. He sits in the same spot as well. He is diagonal from me in the gym. Doesn't bother anybody. He minds his own business. He barely talks, especially if if you don't go sit by him. He's not talking. So he's on his phone too. He's apparently he's obviously watching Creighton. CJ and Caleb are both playing our our other kids. He's obviously watching a different game than I am. <laughs> Can you just tell by reaction? His mannerisms were completely... Body language. His were completely different you're, from mine. You're watching, now, now you're granted, Creighton started earlier. Okay, they, they started earlier. I get it. But, man, we were two different people dialed into our phones as we're watching a high school basketball game that our kids are supposed to be... He's actually being a parent. I'm trying to work because I know, and I said it 15 times during the game. Coach Samaji was sitting next to me. It, it, Tom Thompson, another guy to my left, uh, former West Side alum. Got Tommy a, Thompson. Yeah. And uh, I called him T2. I feel like that's a name in a song. And I, so it's whatever at the half, and Nebraska's up five, and I was like, shoot, man. He's like, what's up? I'm like, I'm going to have to really go home and carve into this Creighton Providence game now so everybody goes to bed last night not a light on in the house other than the TV and I am rewinding fast forwarding I'm like man could you just not have won this with the lob at the rim at the buzzer or I I was just going through all these things in my head but what a stark contrast and how those two basketball games were played man I mean the Road Warriors. And and I'm and I hate to give credit in the same vein that I said Creighton was gonna run the table. Sam McEwen is starting to look like a genius. You be honest, when he threw out the potential for the finishing record, you chortled a little. <laughs> oh, sure did. I said I think I said two and they've already gotten three. Yeah, I'm like Really? Because he said, there, said if, there's two or three more wins on the schedule. And I said, when he said the record, he goes, oh, yeah, they could be 14 and 16, you know. And, and I, They could be 15 and 15. And I, and I remember when he said it because that was among, that was with the whole kind of Coach Hoiberg thing. And I knew what Trev had said on the radio. And I knew what Coach Hoiberg, I had heard kind of that I felt like they were in a good spot, right? Like, Fred doesn't really have anything to talk about, which is why I didn't ask, you know, that low-hanging fruit. Hey, do you oh, think you know, he'll get fired? How many more wins does it take or things like that? I remember I was joking with Robin a couple weeks ago because there's no way Robin would know that, right? But just watching them play, I, is proud the word you want to use? Because I don't know if they want you to be proud of them. But 
You're, you are talking about a team. You can have fun with them, though. And what's their new? What's their? They changed their arena. It's not the rack anymore. Is it? Is it? I think it's Jersey Mike's. I'm gonna blow. Is it Jersey Mike's arena? That sounds right. Okay, so I, so then you're watching this game unfold, and it always looks dark, and it's ugly there anyway. And it is. Nebraska gets out to the lead, and when Greasel hit the floater at the buzzer at half, at half yep. Did you think to yourself? They're going to win this thing. I actually, I actually oh, thought, whoa. oh, man, we're getting our hopes up at half. That's <laughs> really? what I thought. Because it seemed like throughout this game that even though Nebraska was shooting the ball well, and especially Dude, the when C.J. Wiltshire hit the two threes early, you, got, you, were, yep. you were probably like, oh, here we go. Well, and, you know, I thought, man, they're just they're teasing us, mm-hmm. right? And, and, was, and, it, and it's easy to feel that way. Sitting at home watching this game, as other Nebraska fans out there were probably thinking similar things. Like, oh, what, at what point is Rutgers and, and the so-called environment of Jersey Mike's? No, that isn't so-called. They're 14-2 yeah, in that bad That's boy. what I'm saying. When is that going to take yeah. over? And as the half progressed and you get to that floater by Greasel and you have a, a two-bucket lead – you're like yeah. What was it? It was forty thirty five at the half, right after the floater. And you're, right. You're, you're did, thinking, did, hey, did you get it? Where you had? Did you have some warm fuzzies? Well, I I was watching Creighton on uh, the TV, and I was watching Nebraska on my phone, and I'm like, man, forty thirty five. That that seems like a a lot of points. It for seemed Rutgers like too to many. Allow. Hey, listen, it seemed like too many points for where Nebraska was at, and so because of that, I thought ah, there's no way the second half looks like this, uh-huh. and. and you wonder when the mistakes will sort of come, whether it's Wilcher turning the ball over, whether it's Tomanaga doesn't have his night in the second half, whether it's, oh, the full-court pressure by Rutgers mm-hmm. is going to cause some frenzy, it, which it did. Yeah, yeah Nebraska really won did. with 14 turnovers. Right. And, I think and Lawrence, Lawrence had pressure, five of them. But they even after two turnovers, because of the runs Nebraska went on, because of the threes Tominaga made, it gave that buffer room to allow you to turn the ball over and say, hey, even though we messed up these first two times, well, we beat you the third time. Dude. And we're still ahead by six. How about Nebraska's ability to answer like those little mini runs, like big shot? You know, Rutgers hit the little step back, the little step back too. I think it was Hyatt maybe. And... Uh, I think it made it 43, 43, or 43-42 or something like that. And Nebraska comes down and banks the three mm-hmm. right off the bat. And it, it, you just felt like – and it happened a couple of times, especially through the low 50s, and you're like, Nebraska isn't going anywhere. They're going to hit big shot. The the three from Wiltshire from the top of the key, The it was the perfect – no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, he just no. stepped into it in rhythm, too, so you felt a little bit better about it. But I just think their their ability to answer big shots, you know, they made, I don't know, 7 out of 10 or 7 out of 9 down the stretch. They were They were good from the foul line. And here's the weird thing. Remember yesterday we were talking about culture and – and I, I'm not going to harp on the culture thing. Like, ooh, I'm going to tell you that because we were talking about it with Coach Bolt. Mm-hmm. As competitive and flexible as that lineup is going to be, right? Whether they want to play gorilla ball or small ball, or you know, you got a one and one a at the front of that rotation. Friday, Saturday, you got multiple pieces in the back end. You have to be cool with knowing your role. 
right? Because some days it may not be your night. And you have to be okay with that because culture. we're in a culture where I cheer for the man next to me. I'm going to do as my coach says. This is the epitome of leadership, all that good stuff, right? Who were we, t- who were we hyping up just Monday after the weekend? They may have found something in who? Kata. Oh, right? Tominaga. No, Kata. Yeah. Oh, Blaze. Yeah. How many minutes did he play last night? Not sure. I'll tell you right off the bat. Four. So he went from. <laughs> he went from that scratchy player that made some <laughs> the big guy that Everybody was lamenting about it. Hey, here he comes like to that. four minutes. Now, coincidentally, who's the guy that went into the starting lineup and we're like, oh, man, you can't play him that much. His last start, he only played 11 minutes, even though he was a starter. Then last night, he's like. Johnny on the spot, it's Sam Hoiberg, mm-hmm. right? You cannot have guys do that, being ready on demand, without believing in what you're doing. Trust me when I tell you. nobody. People subscribe to the, hey, man, I got to be ready when called upon. Hey, man, I got to be ready when called upon. Until there's stretches where you're not called upon. <laughs> right? then, then it's not cool anymore, right? Right. Nebraska just kept finding a way to answer, and I was like, they may have something. But I'm not that guy that, see, over time, I'm not sure this is how sustainable. sustainable. But I don't care. But you know what? I didn't allow myself to to get into that. I'm like, you know what? For what this is, this is absolutely amazing, especially when you talk about knowing your roles. I got into this fantastic basketball discussion yesterday with Jacob. Padilla off pod after we did high school hoops. And we were talking about how in three weeks Tominaga's gone from polarizing whipping boy to he's the man. And, you know, they're they're continually saying the Japanese Steph Curry on broadcast, right, which still doesn't quite sit well. But, I mean, whatever, right? It's like I, if he embraces, hey, whatever, right? I mean, we have an Asian Wyatt that calls us, so I'm cool, right? But it's like, well, he's self-glossed too, right? Hey, me. <laughs> Don't well, blame me. So, and it's like, so what Padilla, Padilla was saying to me that I, I'm totally on board with, that, you know, basketball heads will tell you, his understanding of that offense and where he needs to be on the floor as opposed to just running around, chucking up threes, it's slide into this opening. Hey, I'm being overplayed. They don't want they want to crowd me cuz they know I can shoot. How about him moving without the basketball? You know, I was going things to say things like that. I was like going to it's say the it's, same thing. it's vastly different and he he got he had a couple of little slips last night. He's always on the go. Yeah. If you watch him on, on an offensive possession, you, I mean, you're you're probably following the ball. But if you look off ball, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of times you see Tominaga standing around because he knows in order to get his shot, he has to move. They're not just going to leave him hanging on a wing. They're not going to leave him hanging in the corner. But he also likes to run the floor, whether it's transition or just in half-court play. He'll always be on the go because he wants the ball. And the best players in basketball, like the best shooters, have to create shots for themselves. Mm -hmm. Now you can have help with off-ball screens, things like that. But for the most part, you have to get open yourself. Yeah, they're not going to hide in the corner like, don't pass to me, don't pass to me, right? And, and I think with him, 
and he's playing off the general, who was really the general last night. The G in Greasel should have been for general. He only had the one turnover, the five or six assists. He's double digits in boards. Uh, he's double digits in score. You know, he, he had the double-double. He's doing some good And things. he hit a couple of tough. So the little floater that he hit um, in the second half kind of quelled a little bit of a – the crowd won to get into it, and Greasel had, you know, the back down, the dribble, dribble, the energy. dribble, dribble, and he hit the tough shot, and you're like, he got it. An- another, another backbreaker answer. And how well position. has Sam been playing overall, just controlling the basketball yeah, he game? Just, and, and that's been What's well, the, the things that we were saying games. in the beginning, right? He's, he doesn't get sped up, right? He was controlling the tempo. It was He had the basketball on the string, and now if if, if you're – if you're Rutgers, you're thinking, man, we got to got to be better than than 28 of 61. But that may be who we are. But, but the, the eight of 23 from three, and it's not a good it's not a good foul shooting team. You know, uh, good transition to uh, over to Creighton Providence. Um, something that really hurt the scoring column for Creighton was the poor shooting night of Baylor Shireman because I told you as you walked in Creighton was one Shireman three away from getting ahead in that game from winning that basketball game if he would have made that one three yeah yes yes and no I mean I'm with you I'm I'm with you because there listen there are times he drives me bonkers I mean full disclosure right it's like it's not always aesthetically pleasing but some of that is just me, and I got to get over myself, right? But there was so many little things. Listen, I don't, I'm not sure what Coach Mack and, and Miller and Russ, the, the, the staff is, is – or Huss is saying about the movement of the basketball. But I've said this before. I said it when in Arizona – when they got beat by Arizona, I said it against Texas – there's something that happens to this team in crunch time. The basketball just gets sticky. Dribble, 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 dribble. That's just not who they are, right? And I get it. It's contested and it's tough, but there were about four or five possessions. First of all, shout out to Providence for the double out of the inbounds play to get the ball out of Trey Alexander's hands. Right. You right. know, I mean, it was right in front of the scorer's table. So nobody nobody projects you to double. You're immediately in panic go. mode, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh shoot! Great coaching man. by Cooley. That, nice little adjustment. That, that moment right there, I would say Cooley outcoached McDermott. Ta doesn't panic, right? One move, then it go. It's to Shireman. They still had a good look at that lob at the rim. And I know Kaluma wants that one back. Right. Because I think some hands mixed in there. Yeah, but didn't he really I mean, get a good grip on it. He's, uh, he's capable, right? So then there's that. There was, th- and they run it all the time. And Nimhart, listen, he was reading it well. The little two man game, call comes, he gives the high ball screen. Providence decides they, they, they drop. They roll with Kalk. Nimhart kind of get he doesn't get buried, but he, it was too many dribbles at the rim for him because he didn't get the one-hand scoop, which he's as good at, as anybody in America. You didn't love that. But then 
the, the and this is the guy that was arguing about the officiating in the Super Bowl of one play not costing the game. The the bad the the bad entry pass to Calk, the ball's stolen. Sharman uh, comes down and commits the foul, so it's the it's the double whammy. You turn the ball over on one end, you give up the and one on the other. Then the very next couple of series, it's the dribble, 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 caulk, nothing there. Then Kaluma, the dribble, 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 jump hook, comes up short. I'm like, that's not how they play. That's and there's only one player on that team that can play like that. That's just not how they play. Who's the one player on that team that can play like that? I don't love it, but are you going to say Sherman? No, I was going to say Nemhard. Yeah, because Nemhard's he's the, handling it, but not not in the. They're right. not a. They're not a. The more I know, times I know this team going. dribbles in mm-hmm. the paint, I know where you're going. He starts outside, gets in without gaining ground. The worse right. it is for. Well, them. and and when you say dribble, 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 stop. When Kalkbrenner had a couple of those down low. It was as easy as, hey, drop that right foot. Go up with the left. But he favors that, that left curl with his left shoulder yeah. back to the hoop. He favors that for the right hook more than he does like going to his left hand. And you can notice his, his comfort level with a lot of opportunities that he has. It depends on where he's on the floor if he wants to go to his left hand. You know what? But for a lot of points in that game when you're backing down your guy, you could tell that, hey, when the ball was in the paint, Everybody was like, "Let's let Kalkbrenner go. Watch, yeah. Let's let Kalkbrenner go." They were going to stay. Of, they were going to stay attached to shooters and allow him to play one on one, which I don't mind. But I also, what I minded more was that there was no no cut to the hoop, no nothing by Creighton when you could tell that your guy was stuck. It's one thing if he's making ground like we were just talking about. There's another when you're just standing there like, "Hey, let's let Kalkbrenner do work offensively." Then when the shot goes up, where are you? Where are you? On the three-point line? What if Kalkbrenner misses? I know he doesn't all that much, but what if he does? An uncharacteristic. It's almost like, and and I don't know, maybe Mac would have a different kind of answer, but it's almost like, because Kalkbrenner uncharacteristically had the four turnovers, which... For, for well, I got to tell you, man. Errant passes down the stretch of that game. Oh, I know oh, it. Oh my I know, I know goodness! It. I know it. I, and, errant and telegraphed. It was they were giving that game away toward the end. Do you know who they I, were fortunate to be in double overtime? Do you know? And I want to see him in person. And no, I'm not. Sli- did you want? Did you think Alexander should have had more touches in crunch time? Gosh, he's a momentum killer. He. I don't know. See, I, overall, I, I, great defense by Providence listen, to, to stop everything. I'm not going to try to speak this into existence because you know I love Trey Alexander. But I want to go back to that conversation we had a couple weeks ago about most valuable mer- mm-hmm. versus most important. Somehow Alexander has to be more involved. I, I don't know how. Listen, it's way above my pay grade. But he's clutch. How many times did he quail momentum last night? Uh, at least a couple. Yeah, him and Nemhard kind of went hand in hand last you night. You know, and it's like, I know shooters shoot, <laughs> but how did, like, at what point do you look at how you're shooting the basketball and, and do something different last night? I, I, I don't know, but you know one guy I want to see in person? I just want to see how big he – you know who looks like a large human? How big does Hopkins look to you? Oh, oh yeah. 
I mean, he, that guy. He looks, looks like a stud, doesn't well, he? Him and Derek Walker, they they kind of have. <laughs> well, I've seen D Walk, yeah, so but, I get it. But Hop, Hop looks like I don't know. They look pretty similar. I, see, I don't think D Walk would walk around too much without his shirt. He might. He might. I don't know. But he doesn't have like like B Hop. B Hop looks like. Yeah, I know what you're he saying. He may flex on you. I'll tell you what, though. D-Walk, too. I know. He's a meaty yeah, dude. That dude is he, a big boy. And he was doing work last night. Rutgers needed that interior defense. If they yeah, were missing it. last night. I just there were, so, there were just opportunities I felt like Creighton had to win. And, you know, Alexander plays 49 minutes. Not to be outdone by Hopkins playing 50. 50. Last night, I I don't know, man. There there there's a lot that a crazy I, slate of college basketball all around. We'll get into more of that in the next segment. Our poll question of the day: Does Juju have the cred to troll the Eagles? Yes or no? We'll get into that later <laughs> on throughout the show. <laughs> there also, was some great Valentine's. Right, we'll talk to Michigan Lance too coming up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We're going to look up on on March the 4th, actually the morning of March the 5th, and Creighton will have ran the table to close out this season. Agree or disagree? Um, Define running the table. So I think I, they, they, won't, they won't lose again when we wake up on March 5th. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of haters. Interesting. A lot of haters. Man, you know, why did this why did this quote come back up today? Hmm. Let's let's take a let's take a peek into <laughs> oh, Andrew's crystal ball of, of recent history. We're gonna look up on on March the fourth, actually the morning of March the fifth, and Creighton will have ran the table. D B there was you you instantly said during the break, Oh my my co host pick on me. It's not what I said. It's not what I said. Yeah, my co-host is now going to pick on me. Context matters, and so do the words. I did not. I would. I'm 48 years old. I would not say pick on. First of all, I don't know that. That's a term you may use. You do. What I said was a child's vocabulary. Yeah, pick on is something. Listen, I'm not four today. Maybe tomorrow, not today. All right. What I said was we're going to look up on. I knew you two would be in cahoots because you're used to me batting a thousand. So when I make a mistake or I say something wrong, it's easy to pounce. That's a lot different than you you pick on me. Nobody's saying that. He got picked on. So, and the reason this got brought back up was I, I remember vividly about a week and a half, maybe two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, about a week when, ago. When a team from Florida. Ended up losing their very next game after I was was high on them. 
FAU. Um, and it was FAU. And the very next day on the show, DB goes, well, you're the reason they lost. I said kiss of death. <laughs> you're the kiss of death. Hey, how about that and hater? Then I call, and then I said Marshall, Thunder, and Hurt. And you're like, well, they're not making the tournament now. <laughs> how about that hater hockey dad, Jonathan Rich, saying kiss of death, DB. Kiss. He's such a hater. Like, When's the last you time? You started, though. No, no, I didn't. I don't mess with that dude. Not We're, with him, but no. like kiss of death. That's fine. But when's the last time he said, hey, man, good call? Or, hey, man, nice work. Or, hey, well done. No, man, the no, dude is a called, hater. Yeah, you get called that when you're wrong. Because oh, I don't mind that. Than not, Listen, you're right. So not in this case. In this business where you make where you make some lofty predictions, you're going to have to eat it hey, sometimes. I'm with you. But right. I do. But I do. But I'm going to make you eat it. Hey, listen, you love Drake, you're at, right? You're at the dinner you table love Drake, for, right? For too, for you too love Drake, now. right? Yeah, I do love Drake. Keep that same energy, because like when I tell you that the Chiefs will beat the Bengals, or I'm absolutely certain, or I'll take this guy over this guy in this game, I want you to come back the very next morning and be like, "Man, DB, shout out, Shane. Can you no text him? Hey." Text your secret lover at night, man, and be like, hey, hey find that clip where David said, like, and Shane's like, oh, I'm all over it, man. Even though. That's I, not what I That said. is what you said, that Wiener. That is not even close. Like, just like when. Just like when. Subtly. <laughs> slide it in and keep it pushing, right? Uh, my man was like. DB, I can't show you love because I only love my no, dad and my co- mama. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nice one. Hey, are you a lyricist? Hey, so it's, it's funny. I I can't even tell it on air because I told you off air, but we're going to look up on, on. See? See? Just what he does. I'm telling you, my man. I look Mr. up every Mc, day. All, Mr. All McLean, day, all, T-Mac, all along. He, mm-hmm. He's got it down. He walked me through working with various co-hosts. I'm going to stop giving you the benefit of the doubt after this morning. That's all I'm. Hey, I've said some and wild I, stuff, and I'm gonna leave it at that. That's okay, though. I, I you know, embrace being wrong too. I, I knew, I knew last night was going to be like the if I could just get past that game. Now I got a fret. I'm telling you, man. I'm watching how close this game is down the stretch, and I'm texting you. Bro, the about, line was like one and one and a half. It was two and a half. Was which, it? which Joel Lorenzi was, did, did it end up being out. favored? It was Creighton. Creighton was favored. Okay. Joel did tweet out that Providence was 34-1 and one in the AM. Yeah, I know. And so he was like, I'm not really sure why yeah. Creighton is the favorite. Did you see his tweet back to me? Because I, oh, I, I gave uh, him the gif of the guy kind of yawning. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. Oh, I liked his tweet. And my man subtly came back with, I hear they're blaming you. Are they? I don't know, man. I don't believe. Do you believe in jinx? I'm not superstitious. Uh, yeah, I believe in a jinx because you you called me out for a jinx. I don't, but I I'm just talking though. Like I don't believe I don't like that's not in my heart of hearts. Oh, I'm just messing with whatever you. you whatever you preach. You don't believe? No, I'm just messing with you though. At that point, I mean, you went out on a limb. FAU isn't that good. No, you, I said you, I said they were playing well at the time. Yeah, they like were what, like twenty I, and I, one. I don't or mind when you take a shot. Like take a swing at it. Right? Like I'm not gonna. I didn't get knocked down. They're still twenty fifth in the nation. No, I know. I hear you. Now they're they're still not good, but mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, they're not. Do they're they not have, any of the how, other top teams in the. How many more AP quad wins? How many more quad one wins do they have than Carolina? Any? How many more quad one wins does Nebraska have than Kentucky? Uh, 
one. You're supposed to let me guess. Sorry, you took too long. So, I can have to so that means they have two more than Carolina. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what is Carolina, 0-9 oh, now? Hey, you're lucky I don't cuss because I want to say something so bad to you right now. But it won't sound cool. I'm one of those guys that, like, when they get mad, I have to immediately jump to fighting. Because if it goes to, like, trash talking, you're going to be like, man, this dude's a gump. <laughs> you. No one. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> hey, you can call me a jerk. I call you a jerk sometimes. You. 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 Clown. Yeah. You. You laughed at me. What did I say yesterday? And you go. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. I'm just going to make a T-shirt of all your sayings. <laughs> yeah, I did. And you're like, nobody would get it. And I said, that's the point. Because it's, it's whenever you walk around, what people did I will say, know what though? you're saying. What, what did I say? I was mad at Shane, no, and I think I no, – no, I wasn't mad at Shane. Was I mad at you? I think I called somebody a name, and you go, you're ridiculous. I, was, it, was it the Richard head? No. Was it something different? Relax over there. Half pint. Was it was it nicer than that? I can't even remember. I just remember <laughs> saying I remember saying I'm going to make a T-shirt because you could literally take words out of your mouth and put it on a shirt and people would laugh. Yeah, oh, and you don't I even don't. have to cite you. Like I don't even have to. I, I, my my work cited page doesn't even have to say Damon Benning on it. Oh, people man. will know. Hey, we were we were coming home from the game yesterday, basketball, and we missed our mornings with Micah, but he said something slick. In the back seat, and, and uh, Caleb was driving, and just real calm. Like I didn't even. He uh, he had to be traumatized. Like I felt bad. I was like, "Look, man," I said, "That that that's your problem, right? Like you leave it open to interpretation. You got the head down. You shake your head. The bad body language, and all you're getting ready to tell me is what you wanted to say or what you meant." I said, "When you leave it open to guessing." We got problems. And Caleb under his breath goes, Man, very well said. That's that 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 that's a good point. And I could see Mike throw himself back in the seat. I said, Look, man. Hey, this is what I said to my kid. I swear to goodness. It's eight forty five and we're driving home and I'm already mad that they're like in the locker room for thirty hours and I have to go back uh-huh. and watch crazy, right? right? I was like, Look, man, I said, see, that's the kind of stuff that'll get you choked out. You're going to wake up in a couple of minutes and you're going to, why did my dad do that to me? And I'm going to simply tell you when you come to, it's because your body language sucks. And Kayla was just like, man, that's cold. He just kind of, <laughs> oh, he's, but that's how you feel sometimes, right. right? Like sometimes you just have to, you just have to choke a kid. <laughs> Hey, let's go to line one, Shane. Uh, we'll take Michigan Lance's call now. Lance, uh, good morning, man. Got about a minute and a half. What's up? Man, good morning. Hey, college. Young song. On which song? Hey, Michigan Lance. Michigan Lance, hang on. Michigan. Hold, okay. hold, hold, hold that thought. Call us back. We'll get you first call coming out of the break. Okay, you want me to call back? Or yeah, because yeah, you're you're breaking up. Call us right back. We're going to take a quick break. Come back in four minutes. Perfect. I think I want to hear this. Perfect. Um, so we'll is that cool, Lance? Well, he's he's off now. Oh, thanks. <laughs> he hung up. Listen. <laughs> hey, so I was telling oh, Terrence last night. I was like. Hey, he 
said something about the He's hard outs there. or something like that. And I go, I said, hey, like, however many percent of the time I said, I'm like, Andrew and I, he's, he's like pointing at the clock like <laughs> uh, one minute, uh, 30 <laughs> seconds. You will get bounced with these hard outs. Hey, later on in the show, I'm going to bring up a prompt that, uh, you know, sparked my interest in an article Mitch Sherman wrote about a week ago in regards to rules next big find. We'll get into that. We'll talk to Brian Christofferson at 8 o'clock. We will talk to Andy Kendi at 8.30. We'll talk to Evan Porter, Omaha Baseball head coach. We'll talk to Ed Service, head coach over at Creighton. We're getting all the baseball in this week. And then we will play two for you to close out the show. All of that and more. But Michigan Lance up first, next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Alexander shot seeking down the lane. Off the window and in. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. We are heading to the phone lines right now to re-engage with our guy, Michigan Lance, to talk a little college basketball. Lance, thanks for holding on. Thanks for calling back. Uh, Now we have a little bit more time to talk with you. Hey, no, that's all good. Uh, It's it's okay. I mean, where are you, in the Everglades? (laughs) You getting chased by a gator? Hey, man. Swamp, man. This is the swamps out here, man. Uh, (laughs) I got to commend you guys for talking college basketball and making it sound interesting because it's really Like, Andrew, I really want to know your perspective because you grew up in a different era of me and D.B. in college basketball. And we grew up in an era of a lot of of really great and good teams in the 80s and 90s, Um, especially, like, in the the 90s, I believe. My my opinion is that college basketball was in the NBA. Mm. But in the 80s, the NBA and, the, and college were on the same level. They were both great to watch with great teams. Remember, D.B., like Julia Burroughs, Corey Alexander, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian, Syracuse. Brian Stiff, Randolph Childress, Tim Duncan. Yeah, I Like, remember. those guys, Final Fours, and they had great teams. Like, and so now this inconsistency – Inconsistency of good play, but then also, like, the the fundamentally, like, you'll see a fundamentally good play, and then, like, you won't see one for, like, 10 minutes straight again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, guys aren't fundamentally sound in their shooting, their shots. So, like, it, it is not a good brand of basketball. Like, everybody is in it. Like, Nebraska's now out of it, despite their record. They're not out of it. They can actually go on a run in the Big Ten, and it won't be a surprise. Like, you you know what I'm saying? How about Nebraska having the ability to not be in the play-in game? Oh, you said Nebraska? Yeah, basketball. Like, they could not have to play on that first day. Right, yeah, like that. Yeah, like, even Craig went on a run, and then they come back like, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me. It's not mind, but like we talk about bigger and faster, stronger in this era, right? Of of athletes, but you know what? Is it better? Like people 
fundamentals they're like the fundamentals are just out the window. So somebody will say like, well, Larry Bird couldn't play in this day. No, there were athletes when Larry Bird played too. Larry Bird right. was he was a terrible athlete. He was a good athlete, wasn't great, but his fundamentals were just as good, or if not better, than his ability. You know hey, what I mean? Like, and so, hey, can you, you can you that, ima- can you imagine Larry Bird getting to play ISO ball like Luca just to make decisions? You couldn't play like that in the eighties because it would be frowned upon. Larry Bird would be a killer handling the basketball. <laughs> like Luca does playing hoops right. with iso ball, he would. And, 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 He'd go for and thirty and ten every night. Yeah, and he averaged like six and seven, not even handling the ball. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so when people talk about this, like, like you said, this greater era of of things, like I don't know if it's greater athletes are better, but the the, the consistency is way down. The fundamentals are way down. Somebody is 60 and on the five games of scoring 15. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, Andrew, what have you seen? I don't know if you watched a lot of college basketball. Like, I, I mean, you just, I, you, man, you missed out on a good time, man. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Man, we, Thanks. Rub it in. <laughs> Rub it in. <laughs> man, this is, this is some. Um, Hey man, this this is tough to watch. Like, hey, yeah, it's, it's crazy. yeah. You know, I, I'll I'll add this because I I, 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 it, I told DB this during the break. I said, you know, um, in regards to a lot of teams in college basketball, in regards to a lot of teams, mm-hmm. it's almost like you have to alternate who shoots the ball. You were talking about Creighton, and I was talking about Creighton because they have five really good players on the floor, and you wanted more touches out of Trey Alexander. I but did. it's like. Well, when does Nemhard get his? Well, when does Shireman get his? When does Kaluma get his? When does Kalkbrenner get his? And because of that, is that a team game? Or is that, you know, just alternation? Because you're dealing with a lot of five really good guys on the floor. Mm-hmm. In the world of college basketball today, this is what I've noticed to really answer Lance's question. The best player on the floor or best two players, because a lot of teams have two really good players and then some more role players, those are the guys that are involved in every single possession. And, and, and that's really it. In the past, at least in, in tape that I've seen, you could see the ball get spread around a little bit more. And it was, maybe you are running a play instead of just trying to open up, create space for yourself and go. Yeah, that's, uh, on the fly, that's interesting. I remember where, and if if you're just talking 90s, and it doesn't matter if it's college or the NBA, like you needed a good starting five. And that's that's what I mean. Like Creighton is so a I'm good val- starting five. So I'm va- I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that because if you had, you know, it's like well if 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 Mark Allery couldn't score, they wouldn't guard him. Or until Tommy Amaker learned to shoot jump shot, like you needed. Nowadays, you just know who's getting the ball. Yeah. No, it, I'm I'm kind I'm kind that's a good I'm kind of with you. Especially on the great teams, like it, it, even if you just we'll, we'll pick on the top twenty five. We'll pick on Purdue here. So Purdue has Edie. Everybody knows Edie's getting the ball. They have Lawyer. Everybody knows Lawyer can shoot the ball from outside. Mm-hmm. But then they have kind of like some surrounding guys that yeah. you know could show up on any given night. I've, but it's never like, hey, they're going to be involved in every single play. Not to go all old man, get off my lawn, but 
it does seem like we're less patient to be a part of something. Like, I remember I would say to myself, gosh, Rambus can't shoot. When, if you're going to, if you're going to play them and Maxwell gets to play defense the way that he does for the Celtics, the Lakers are going to struggle. You have to find a way to get, this is what I used to say to myself, get Rambus some early paint touches just to score. And they had Kareem, Magic Coop, Byron Scott, and I'm worried about them taking advantage of a weak link. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the Sixers had, um, you know, with Moses and Cheeks and Andrew Tony, and we lament now over like a big three in the NBA. Like that's a big deal. The Celtics starting five in the eighties. Because I was just thinking about Bosch, the Celtic starting run. The Celtics starting five in the eighties could all be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so it's like I, I don't know. I mean, you know, one of the one of the best things about the eighties when it comes to college basketball and even the NBA was where it would take it would take you like three or four years to build a team. So you would have a team that would get to the tournament. Then a team, that same team the next year may make it to the 16. You know, and then, you know, and yeah. by, by year four, you know, maybe, maybe they were champions. I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, it would, you would watch teams develop over a four-year period. You don't really have that now because your teams can develop, you know, in an offseason mm-hmm. and be, be champions the next year. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, though – Am I is that double talk if I say I kind of like the ability to re to reboot on the fly though in regards to players? Yeah, like a basketball or you know or even a football team. Look okay. At, look at what Nebraska did with their schedule. Right. Or their roster. Right. Like they I know, totally, I know where you're getting at there. So I I kind of liked cuz I don't want you to be stuck either. No, and are you going back to college here now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm with you there. We like to see the new guys. We like to see the young guys that – I know, don't like to follow the transfer portal. Do you? No, it's too messy. It, it, it's a lot. It's, it, it's not, when I say messy, it's information. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of following along. And if you miss a day, you could really miss three guys that sign with your team. Yeah. And now you're trying to play catch-up. Um, but for the most part, I, I don't hate the reboot either. I really like the idea of – hey, you don't have to stick around in college all too long to make that next step if you so choose, if you're that good. Because there's always going to be another guy that's that good next. I'm just looking at Cherokee Parks, Thomas Hill, Antonio Lang, Bobby Hurley. I I mean, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner. Like, there's, there's not a lot of weak links there. Augman. Anderson Hunt, Ackles, Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, like Arkansas trotting out Lee Mayberry, Todd Day, Corliss Williamson, Oliver Miller. Like the, it's it was hard to win if you had a weak link. I remember I was mad one time with Carolina when I felt like Pete Chilcutt was their best. Pl- now this right. is way dating you, but I'm like Pete Chilcutt is their best player. Like I don't think we have a chance 
Hey, Lance chimes in on YouTube just to follow up from our conversation, which, Lance, we appreciate the call all the time. Uh, but he said, um, I said, I said, Andrew said, Creighton guys need to get their touches. Everyone got theirs in the 80s and 90s. How? What's the difference today? How would you touch on that? Style, the of, 80s style, and 90s style of to today? It's definitely styles of play. Because now, I don't know what happened, but. Um, if you ask, like, basketball heads, like, you could play in the 80s and the 90s without your your point guard being able to score the basketball. He was a distributor. I don't think the way the game is played with space and the three ball, I don't think you can win big-time college basketball games without your primary ball handler being able to shoot the ball. So if your primary ball handler doesn't have some sort of scoring capacity – he, he doesn't share it to get everybody else involved. We appreciate the calls, 888-638-4876, if you'd like to get involved because you spark conversation here on the show. Next, we're talking to Brian Christofferson. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Check your watches. It's 8 a.m. Are you on your way to work yet? Because if so, you should be tuning into the show because we have Brian Christofferson on now. Brian is the senior writer for Husker 24-7, and we always appreciate his call on Wednesday. Brian, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, BC. Did you, uh, have you allowed yourself to kind of soak up the fact that, the you're, you're t- <laughs> that the Twins could be pretty good if they stay – I know, healthy. They're one of my teams to watch because I, I like what they kind of tried to do in the off season. What do you think? Are you going there or are you like, eh, this isn't 91? Um, I'm, I'm tilting toward optimism right now. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa failed enough physicals to get back to us and that helped. <laughs> but uh, the Twins have a, actually have – a deeper rotation than they usually do. Yep. So uh, for those who are doing their over-under bets, uh, factor that in. I, I think they could be a mid, mid-80s mid win, late or high-80s win type of team, but uh, maybe that's being a little too bold. I don't know. Hey, Brian, keep it with baseball here just real fast. Uh, based on everything that you've been seeing within the MLB and the rule changes for 2023, uh, what – what are you in favor of, and uh, what what maybe annoys you about some of the changes? You know what? I'll, I just got to be honest about it. I haven't followed everything very closely, so well, like I I am a guy. Uh, I think Damon knows this. I have like the the MLB package, and so I will watch my Twins pretty loyally. I'll probably watch 120, 125 games. Yeah, but during the off season. 
I have to say, I I do know some of the moves the Twins have made, but I I turn off a lot of the other noise about it, and that's probably not being a good fan or whatever. So I don't know all the specifics of of what they've done or what they haven't done. The thing that you know, I know they want to play quicker, right, and all that, but good luck is what I would say to that. Good luck. I just I just think baseball has worked itself to a pace where games are going to be three hours plus. It's not going to be a game that um, everyone runs to watch on their television set. Um, it's just not going to be, but it is still going to be that game where people love to go to the ballpark and get up three or four times and go to the concession stand and come back and, and uh, a social sport. And that there, I, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, I think I love watching baseball on TV far more uh, than the general public, which is going to be you. hard to get back like they used to have. It's I, just going to be hard. Well, I, you'll I, shave. I can't wait to see a pitcher have to address the plate under 20 seconds with <laughs> the runner on scoring. You shave 20 minutes. This is great, right? With, with a runner <laughs> on base and, and a limited number of throwover attempts to first base. I still think it's funny. Okay. BC, I think it was Alex Cora. Was it Cora that said the enlarged bases look like pizza boxes? Because <laughs> the bases are big. <laughs> They're a little bigger. I was looking for a pizza box, Jeff, and I, I couldn't find it, man. I just, I think it's fascinating. Of all the rules, no shifts. I mean, how do you feel about no shifts, BC? Okay. I, um,. I was starting to grow on the shifts. I was starting to, you know, feel like, hey, it's, it's part of strategy. You got nine guys, position them wherever you want to position them. You know, if you want to put uh, seven guys right of second base and th- knock yourself out, um, so, you know, so I some hitters are going to love it. We're going to see some guys who couldn't hit against the shift who all of a sudden are, you know, batting 290 again. Um, so that'll be kind of funny to watch, but... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see those rules you suggested, how they really take and how they're uh, enforced and if they actually work as they hope they do. And I am looking forward to the pizza boxes, too. <laughs> so you guys clued me in because I wasn't paying attention to any of this stuff. So I didn't. So I was just going to turn it on on opening day and, and I'd see these and just pizza be surprised. boxes as the basis. Yeah, and it would have been a nice little surprise for me. What's Domino's doing out there? Yeah, I'm just telling you, BC, without any shifts, man, Polanco's going to hit like 308 for you. I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. There you but. go. We'll take it then. <laughs> you know, that's that's a separate conversation that we'll get into. But let, let's take advantage of of BC now because all we're doing now is just is just talking baseball when he's so much broader in, in other in we other won't, areas. We won't we won't pigeonhole you, BC. Hey, Sorry about you know, that. You know, no sticking sticking with maybe shaving down on things. Um, Nebraska is in the process of shaving down walk-ons for the future and it was something that you know was I heard Mitch Sherman say this yesterday romanticized which I thought was kind of like a a a good term to use for that like the wax poetic um (laughs) and uh you know he he the the love and the affection for the walk-ons way back when because you got a lot of use out of them, right? It, it worked, it worked, it worked. But nowadays they aren't seeing like a lot of that panning out. You get one or two here or there, but is it worth 40 or 50? What do you think, what are your thoughts on, on, on them shaving it down to a point to get it to where they want it to be? I'm fine with it. Um, you got to run your roster the way 
you see fit as a head coach. And I have always thought, like, having 150 guys over there, um, while I respect the effort, I thought, man, is that tough to manage or what? Like, how do you – I mean, I know – uh, some of those guys have to just be standing around, even if you do run multiple stations. There's no way around it. There's just so many bodies. Um, so I understand if you're like, let's let's knock this down to like 110, 115, something like that. Um, you know, and a, another thing about it is with the FCS programs uh, growing the way they have over the last couple of decades, some of those walk-ons have ended up at, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, more than they were in the early 90s, 80s, I think. And so that's changed the game, too. Uh, the way Wyoming and some of those neighboring programs have recruited, I think that's changed the game with some walk-ons. Uh, so I'm okay if, if they knock it down and because I think um, a lot of those guys are getting lost. And that your guys like Luke Reimer, who did technically arrive as a walk-on, um, those few exceptions I think can still exist. Like there's still going to be those preferred walk on types or just be more limited in number uh, who you're like, Oh man, that guy should have had a scholarship all along. So I I still think there'll be some fun stories. Um, Romanticize is a good word about it. That's something we probably have done with it. And I've done it at times because everyone loves that story of the guy who, uh, you know, came, especially if it's from some small town school and he, he works for three years and he, he builds himself up into the roster. And I hope a few of those stories still exist, but um, I can see where you want to get that number to something that's more manageable. BC, and I know this is this is taboo because you kind of have to reference the 80s or the 90s, maybe for a frame of reference. But what do you think Nebraska fans would be willing to negotiate? or compromise with, or maybe even give up for the sake of winning? Uh, well, stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, like the <laughs> is, one, is one example. You know, I, I do think it's one. There are these there are these little subtopics where we like to enjoy them in the off season, and uh, you like to say, yeah, it's pretty cool that there's 145 guys and all these different towns are represented. But at the end of the day, when it gets to the season, it's like, what did you do on Saturday? So there are all these little subtopics that um, we sometimes bust out that are fun. Uh, but are you winning? That's what really matters. And I'm trying to think of a few other ones um, offhand, off the cuff. Uh, but they, they definitely do pop up on occasion I, I, where there's something that's sort of very Nebraska-specific that we get fired up about. Um you know what about letting guys what what about running guys off like not letting guys finish graduating or medic remember medical and guys used to be like quote unquote medical uh you think we're okay we're cool now with figuring out ways to not honor scholarships (laughs) even though you're supposed to right um i think there's an understanding that you have to be a bit cutthroat and I don't think we like to talk about it out loud around mm. here very much. It's not a very Midwest nice thing, but I think it's understood in the back of people's minds that exist. And, you know, what? what's going on over there right now, I truly believe they are setting a particular standard in place through their workouts, and it's going to continue into the spring. And um, some people just aren't 
it's not going to be their deal. You know, it's not going to be something where they feel like they want to be a part of it or they want to go somewhere else. And I think that's that's what this is all about right now is, is you figure out these are the guys that uh, see that standard and it kind of fits what they want. And there are others who it won't. And that doesn't make, mean those guys are soft or anything like that. I'm not saying that. It's just like everybody everybody's sort of got their vision of what it's supposed to look like. And certain players are going to see after the spring, this isn't for me. So I think those numbers, in a way, might take care of the, themselves by the end of it. You know, as we look forward to past 2023, the 2024 recruiting cycle has um, hit the ground running, or at least Matt Rule and his staff have hit the ground running there uh, and had already done that even when they were recruiting the 2023 guys. But a- a- as, you, as you kind of followed or, or finished up that point, I-, I wanted to gauge your thoughts on this in regards to what they're trying to do. Have you seen them kind of stick to the same routine in regards to who they're bringing in for 2024 and who they're offering as they did for 2023? Well, I think you're going to see some big-time uh, recruiting showdowns in this cycle. I know we had fun sort of in December and January with, like, your Bryce Turners, your Jeremiah Charles stories, the guys who kind of popped up out of nowhere. But that m- late March weekend is going to be something serious with Dylan Riola, um Gatlin Bear is going to be here. Mario Buford, Thomas Heiberger, uh, Peyton Lewis, a running back who's got a lot of attention late. That weekend is going to be loaded, and there's going to be guys here who Nebraska's going against elite schools to get. So I, I think that's setting setting it up for what we're going to see this cycle more and more. Is Nebraska's going to be in some big collisions with some programs that are uh, very highly respected. So it's going to be pretty interesting. BC, is is quarterback, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with, with competition, and you wanted it, I know last week you wanted competition at all spots, including quarterback. You didn't really want any complacency, and I understand that. But how much does wants versus needs factor when you're looking at maybe stockpiling a depth chart on quarterbacks when we know that those guys don't stick around? Is it worth just going through however long it'll take till somebody decides this place isn't for them to roll the dice on trying to stockpile a quarterback room? Well, I think with that you have to have some hard conversations with some guys. And um, at the end of spring, if it's looking like, hey, you're maybe fifth or sixth, you just have to say that out loud, and they have to kind of look at it and sit. And I, I do think there comes that point where a guy has to say, it's going to be really tough for me to get on the field at this spot. And so at QB, yeah, the numbers are pretty loaded up right now. You kind of think, how can that stay as it is? And so I think it just has to be a candid deal where you say exactly what you're thinking uh, by the end of the spring, and the player has to have an understanding that, yeah, this has been a fair process. They've given me a shot, but it's going to be difficult. And um, I, 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 I mean, you have to, as a coach, just be straightforward with guys and trust that they're going to get the message. I think on on some of those deals. 
Hey, keeping it with quarterbacks and uh, Dylan Rayola in 2024, Todd Munkin on the move yesterday, mm. uh, OC over at Georgia, who was a big piece of Rayola's recruitment. Not to say Kirby Smart hasn't been heavily involved either, but how do you think that impacts Rayola's recruitment for Georgia, and do you think it gives Nebraska an extra leg up now because he left, or are they still pretty balanced between USC, Georgia, Nebraska, Oregon, whoever else is in that mix? I think who uh, George is bringing in uh, still connects with the Ryola family. I don't think that's going to be a big factor as far as dismissing George. I really don't. Um, Steve Wiltfong, our national reporter, had a story about it the other day yeah. uh, that suggested the Ryles are still very tight with, with George's staff and what they're doing there. So I don't think that particular move is going to shake it up and say, okay, that takes Georgia down 5 to 10 percentage points or something like that. I am still in that camp. I know my colleague uh, Schaefer put out a crystal ball for Nebraska, and that got uh, some attention. I I agree with what he put right now. I I favor Nebraska at this moment, Um, but I think, you know, it's still – you got to – you got to keep doing your work on that one. It's recruiting, and that's you know he's going to take his his visits in March, and and Georgia is supposed to be one of them. That's the two time defending national champion, and I know Georgia has a quarterback already committed in that class, but they have said they are going to take two probably. Um, now I don't know what the Rialas specifically think about all that, and if they like that or not. But I sense that's a competitive family where that's not going to necessarily. Um, make them think, well, I don't want to take on that challenge. So, so I, I, I still view it as Nebraska, Georgia, USC, and right now from just reading tea leaves, little things you hear, I like where Nebraska sits, but you can't be complacent and you got to keep uh, that relationship rolling the way it has been. But the thing people got to know is, um, yes, there's the family tied in Nebraska, and, and that means it's share. Uh, but it's the way Rule and staff have specifically, I think, connected with that family, uh, been able to tell their vision and uh, who they're about that I think has Nebraska where it is right now. I, I don't think we should lose sight of that and act like it's just a family tied to Nebraska thing. I, it's a family tied to a coaching staff thing, I think, and, and believing in what they're telling them. I'm sure that other coaches um, in contention, though, can convey that same message. But the one thing that Nebraska doesn't have going for them that Georgia and USC do is being in contention every year for a national championship. So how does Nebraska further convey that message? Well, I think if you're you're Matt Rule, you say – Hey, look Look at what we did at Baylor. I arrived there when there was uh, 45 scholarship guys, and within three years we were winning 11 games and we were in the hunt. And that can happen in college football. You can, you can flip things um, pretty quickly if you have all your, your uh, ducks in a row, and Nebraska hasn't lately, and it, it, we've made it seem like it's very difficult to get to the pinstripe bowl around here. Um, but I, I think if you, if you have the – the right vision and you feel like you have a certain work ethic, um, you can communicate that to a player that, hey, if, if, if this is in place and you join this, uh, you can be part of something special. You can be part of a turnaround of a proud program. And the one thing you don't have to convince the Rialas about is the way you will be received if you are part of that turnaround in a place like this that cares so much about seeing that program get back to what it once was. And 
So that, I think, is it's, yes, Georgia and USC have different um, um, alluring qualities to their uh, sales job, but I do think one of them for Nebraska can be that, yeah, it hasn't been great around here, but you can be part, a main part, of the group that changes that story, and his dad knows full well what it looks like around here when it is great, and um, and how special it can be in a in a football centric place like this, BC. Uh, let me get you out of here on this. If you're this staff and and you're looking at what the rest of the Big Ten's doing, do you think they can simultaneously start a, start at a new school, look at the 2023 season, and factor in the conference realignment happening in 2024? in the same vision? That's pretty hard. I mean, I admit it's going to be hard because you don't even know exactly the the quadrant you're lined up with or how they're going to do it in the Big Ten in 24. So I think you just have to have sort of a base foundation established this year of this is how we do things. We're building an identity this season, and it's going to be the kind of thing that travels. It's going to be the kind of thing that can work uh, whether you're playing against a certain schedule in 23 or however it shifts in 24 and 25. Um, so I think it's all about getting that base floor kind of uh, settled in this year and believing that you can tweak as you go, but you got to have that foundation first of all. Brian, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much this morning, and we'll talk again next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks, B. That is Brian Christofferson at Husker247BC on Twitter. I kind of think they can do it in one fell swoop. I really do. Like, I don't know, though. Can you, Can I put together my – can I start building my program, mm-hmm. turn the roster over, and be ready for 2023 and 2024 on the fly? Doesn't it seem like that's what they're doing, though? They make you feel that way. Is it a feeling or is it reality? That's God. what I'm tying. Like, it, 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 it would be incredibly match, difficult, but in one vein, just think about this for a second. You're thinking about beating some new form of the air raid in Wisconsin, which you have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, you think you have a good idea how Minnesota wants to play. Purdue's going to look extremely different. Vastly different. Um you know, Illinois, is going to look Illinois will look different, right? Iowa potentially could mm-hmm. look different. Now, I know Brian is still there, but you have some new pieces, and you're a year older. And that was arguably probably the worst offensive line that they'll have in the last decade. That defense could even get better than they were. Yeah, which is going to be tough without Van Ness and Campbell. And, I mean, you're losing Moss, which is a stud in the, the secondaries. But it is Iowa, right? So you're like, okay. It could be plug-and-play. And then in the same vein, well, we could be going to this pod system. SC and, and UCLA are coming. We need to recruit. I don't so, – so I say the reason why I think it's, it's hard is because I don't think you can fast-forward to 2024, but you have to be building with long-term vision in mind anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's such a – program and staff and i heard campbell say it again the other day that talks about just winning the day 
falling in love with the process of the day and leave the big picture stuff to the staff. Right. It's going to be fascinating because it's going to happen quick. Recruiting for themselves. That, that's what I think they'll do regardless. I don't think they're going to try to recruit for the future and what it could look like. Whatever it is just, that fits they're them. Just, they're just recruiting for what they want to do at Nebraska. Whether it fits the whole idea of the air raid or what you know USC is bringing in or UCLA or whatever. Whatever we're about to see in 2023, they'll sit back at the end of the day and say, we did it our way. And I don't want to be like Frank Sinatra when I say that. Uh, but I think there is there's a, I think there's there's a hint to of the truth of that, though. Uh, that, that's Because uh, without divisions, per se, in a year. I'm a big, I'm a big you, proponent you, you, of I doing just don't you. Think you. You just can't get distracted by that. You do you. If you let other factors play into you your life. You. That's a t-shirt. You do yeah. you, boo. If you let other factors play into your life. Now you're getting away from everything that you value. And Nebraska values, if they had a checklist of five things, they will never take those five things off. They may add to it, but they will never Just take like their the values core, the core off. core five? Correct. Yeah. I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to watch unfold because you're right dab smack in the 2023 season right now. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. I know, right? It like, is nuts. That's what it we like talk about a blink of an eye in sports. Yeah, it's here. Off the, off the, right off the start of the You'll show. We'll be starting spring ball in a month. Let's say to think about. Just two days removed from the Super Bowl. Andy Kendi coming up next. He's the sports director at KETV. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Joe, why is DB like just not here, even though he is here on the stream? That's that awesome. is so weird. Hey, that is Look great. At that. That's awesome. Like you're invisible on the stream. This is this is crazy. I love it. Well, DB's here, uh, and uh, Andy Kendi also on the line. Andy Kendi is our guy over at KETV, the sports director over there, and we love talking to him every other week. Andy, good morning, man. Good morning, fellas. AK you know what's uh, uh, There's a big storm coming. <laughs> Isn't that something? Wow. See, <laughs> speak it. Go ahead, AK. Mr. Bring it all down. I forgot all about that, but, man, are you spot on. Did you? It happens every year. Isn't that crazy? It's like so. Here's mm-hmm. the deal, though. And only TV guys would remember that. What's so? What's Bill saying? Was he the two and a half to three and a half guy? Well, at the beginning he was, but you know, I think the bigger issue too is is to the south, and 
they're supposed to get even more. And how about those kids traveling from, you know, south of Omaha, southwest of Omaha, trying yeah. to get to it? You know, you just kind of kind of have to adapt and adjust, and the show normally goes on. Actually, it always goes on, so oh, we'll see what happens. Mr. Levity, Andy Kendi. Good job, Hey, let me bring you up this point. Let's, let's go back about, I don't know, a month where we thought that Snowmageddon was going to hit, and it didn't. So, you know, these things... So it's you due. take these things with a grain of salt, right? You just kind of, you know, we're tough. We've been through this before. Yeah. You know the drill. We'll figure it out. Hey, speaking of tough, uh, the streak snapped on the hardwood last night for the Big East team here in town, Creighton. Um, there's one person to blame in all of this, though. That's the guy sitting to my left um, because he said they wouldn't lose until March. Um, I don't know if you caught the beginning of the show. <sighs> but you know what? I'm not even going to go down that road. It's okay. Even though I kind of already – st- on, on March the 4th, actually the morning of March the 5th, and Creighton will have ran the table. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is my good friend, uh, D. I wasn't going to go that far. I wasn't going to Yuck it up. Yuck it up. Shane helped me get there, I guess. You know, he had to drive the other half of the way. But, AK, here's the question because DB asked me if I'm, a, if I'm into the jinx. Are you a buyer or a seller when it comes to the jinx? I'm selling. I don't, you know. Do you? I, I thought of this the other day. Like, um, you know, does it matter if you're wearing the same coat watching a game? No. I, does it really matter? I don't think so. So <laughs> Tell that to Matt Coatney. Yeah. Hey, he's hilarious. I mean, it, it is it, – it, it just – something's just – I'll tell you what I'm a bigger proponent of. I'm a, you know, that was one of the best regular season college basketball games. Forget about the dog in the fight, right? If you're just watching college basketball – I had a buddy of mine text me, and he said, man, this Creighton-Providence game, this is, like, unbelievable basketball. Mm-hmm. Guys are diving all over the floor, giving it their all for a regular season game. That was pretty special to see. And, you know, Creighton, you know, DB, if they hit a shot at the end of regular season. I know, season, man. Hit, hit but- at, the end of, at the end of the first OT, you're looking, you're looking pretty because, you know, their schedule, you look at it on the way out, St. John's, Marquette at home, mm-hmm. at Villanova. Georgetown at home at DePaul. I mean, it, that's doable. He did you know, say Providence was his scare. Providence was the yeah. one team that scared me. But I listen. If you asked me, if you if you just said, "Hey," if I said, "Hey, AK, Providence is going to make eight threes, Creighton's going to make seven. Who wins? What would you have said? Well, I would have definitely said that Creighton would be toe to toe with them. No question. The only thing is, is that they are so good at home, man. Providence is so tough at home. They've won, what, 35 of their last 36 or 34 of 35, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, that's just something to keep an eye on. You know, Creighton's starting five minutes played, 49, 47, yep. 47, 47, 46. Those guys brought it last night. It's a good thing they don't play until Saturday to get time to regroup, but Woo, that's a lot of minutes. I, I, I was, surpri- it, I was surprised that Providence only, Providence only turned the ball over seven times, and that thing got to overtime. They maybe feel like they left something out there too. No question, no doubt. I mean, that was just a great basketball game, you know. And 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 you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. You know, Max said it after the game. He said, you know, 
the other day against uh, Saturday, the kid's foot was on the three-point line. It turned into a two. You know, mm-hmm. instead of a tie game, it's, you know, the Creighton has to lead. And then last night, Kaluma's uh, alley-oop just gets tipped off right before mm-hmm. he, he grabs it. So, you know, it can go either way. And unfortunately, last night, Creighton just went the other way. Flip it around. How how impressive was – I mean, we know what happens at, you know, Jersey Subs. Mike's place, <laughs> formerly known as the Rack. 14-2 and two at the house until last night. Man, you got to be shaking your head like, how impressive is it that these guys, they pulled a rock, didn't they? They know their role and they shut their mouth. Yeah, no question. And it's, it, you know, Nebraska has a guy on their team that that if he was on your the opposition, you would dislike him. Would you not? Casey Tominaga. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy gets it done for Nebraska, and and he's just one of those guys saying, "How does he do it?" But he does it. And if you're if you're playing against him, you're like, "Oh, he just probably drives you nuts." But I'll tell you, between Derek Walker, Greasel, Tominaga, they found something there, and in, in a little Sam Hoiberg getting. getting How about Wilchers? Jersey, Come on, yeah, CJ. The Jersey boys, the two kids from Plainfield, New Jersey, and Wiltshire and uh, Lawrence, a happy homecoming for them. Wiltshire found his shooting stroke at the right time with five threes last night. It was fun to see. Tip of the cap to Fred Hoiberg. You know, he's, you can now start talking, you know, look at the schedule and say, can they get over 500, get into a postseason tournament? And that would set a nice foundation moving forward for a team that I don't think many people thought they would be here at this point. Oh, no. People wrote them off. I mean, we mm-hmm. just weeks ago, we were talking about if Fred Hoiberg. That, it was, yeah, it maybe it was one week long, ago. Yeah. yeah, maybe one week ago, we were talking about if Hoiberg was going to be we needed, coach we needed coach. We needed Coach Alberts. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. We needed the radio show for validation. Oh, we back. Yeah, we're, I, I, you guys get it. I'm sure I got it yesterday, even the day before. Is Coach Hoiberg, is he, is he going to make it? Uh, yeah, he's going to make it. He's just fine, thank you. The guy can coach, <laughs> even if he has to totally do a 180 in his, in his coaching philosophy and in, in how basketball is played. I mean, they're, the way that they're playing, as hot as they are, and I'm not saying that, oh, they're, you know, going to take over the Big Ten, but they could make a run in the Big Ten tournament. They could make it to the NIT, potentially. Like, there's hope for things. Uh, there is hope. I'm just... Right? I'm just, Maybe that's Kool-Aid drinking, but there's I'm, hope. I'm just trying to win the next one. AK, let me ask you real quick, locally. Yeah. Uh, bigger story, the fact that, once again, Millard South's got four in a row. The whole lineup qualifies for state, which is ridiculous. And Or... The fact that girls wrestling is blowing up. <laughs> like, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, a whole host of things. It's one of the great events in Nebraska, right? And now it's even gotten better because you add the, the girls wrestling element to it. It is, it's a madhouse. It's a fun <laughs> house. It is one of those events that if you haven't been, you should go, right? I mean, especially championship Saturday. Um, it you know it's the loud. Adams thing is unbelievable. Watching somebody as special as him, and don't forget about Loritzen that uh, oh yeah, Loritzen is a stud, and uh, he's going to bring it too. And um, yeah, the girls element is fantastic, but man, there's some individuals going after it, and uh, you know some compelling storylines. Ellie French had a nice story this week on the Bennington siblings, you know, a girl and a boy from the same family uh, going to state. And that's I mean, those are the types of stories. 
that um, high school sports this time of year are all about. You know, it's about uh, trying to achieve the best and making memories for a lifetime because, you know, these kids, this is, this is the time to shine. And, um, and, and this is their one time to shine, right? I mean, you only get one chance to be in high school and go after a state title. How hard is it this early not to pencil in Tyson Terry for four straight? <laughs> he, right? looks, he looks unstoppable. <laughs> right? Knock on wood. It's Kid like. healthy. Yeah. He's such a monster. And it's like he's running through this class, and he's still just a sophomore. Right. And, and he's got a juggle, too. I mean. He'll play football in 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 college. Absolutely, correct? yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I think he's just now starting to fall in love with the fact he could be an all all conference offensive lineman too. So he's going to have plenty of options. Well, that's good. Well, it's going to be a pleasure watching him moving forward. No question. Hey, are you editing all your stuff from CHI? Or are you doing that back at the station? A little of both. Uh, good little luck both. to you. Good right. luck to you. All right, Mister Talented. <laughs> I remember my stuff not Thanks, sending AK. back when yeah. I worked in, in sports, so I, I get it if that happens, AK. Hey, we're talking to Evan Porter next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream, 9 a.m. If you are playing along at home, and hey, I have some updated details for you about the show. So we had some confusion on whether or not we were in Lincoln this morning, and we aren't in Lincoln until now, from now on. So from 9 to 10, we will be on KFOR, which is 101.5 FM, 1240 AM. That's where you can find us now in Lincoln. It's the last hour. There were some changes that happened. It was out of our control. Um, So if you are looking for the show, you can either catch us on Twitter. You can catch us on YouTube if you're up in Lincoln. If obviously you're here in town in Omaha, we're on 590 AM ESPN Omaha. But... From 9 to 10, from this point forward, it's KFOR in Lincoln, 101.5 FM, 1240 AM. We'll keep updating you on that just to remind you. But if you don't hear us for the first two hours, that's why. Wow, with all that clarity, you kind of sound like our next guest. Really? A little bit. He Not, not a lot of mixed messages with this guy. He is Ed Service. And uh, let's just say uh, Creighton Baseball has been pretty good as of late. He's the head coach <laughs> over there at Creighton. Ed, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Coach, how are you, man? It is so good to talk to you. You know what? I'm feeling great, and I'm excited. Um, the weather's going to get bad here, and we're going to get out of town, so that's good. So, <laughs> Lucky. Hey, can, I, can I stay right there? Because one of the things that I did, we just played, you know, my knucklehead son was playing hoops in the summer a year and a half ago, and we were in Atlanta, and we went over to... Um, we wanted to see Kennesaw. We wanted to see a couple of other facilities around town, and everybody was like, "Ah, oh, you got to see McNeese State. You got to got to see McNeese State." And I said, "Well, I'm not really in the area, but what makes McNeese State pretty cool?" And he said, "The guy was telling me, and because he's trying to pattern their facilities off a lot, what McNeese State does." And he kept saying quietly, "They love their sports." Does it even does it get your meter going that you're you're out you're on the road you're at McNeese State or is it just the fact that it's open it's an opener and I'm going to be you would be excited if you were coming to <laughs> you know Baxter to play Omaha right is it what what is coach serving what gets him going 
Well, you know, we've been down to McNeese um, before, and I was really impressed. So yeah. the folks who were talking to you were right. They do love their sports down there. They have, uh, you know, they have their dugout club and they're barbecuing before yeah. the game starts. And <laughs> That's what he said. They have a lot of pride in their stadium because it's, you know, when you walk into a stadium, the first thing I notice is, is it clean? And if it is, there's a, there's a lot of pride involved with this program. And when we went down there in 19, it was spotless. We went into workout at night before we played the next day, and I was really, really impressed with their setup. They have a young coach who's done a great job down there, so it, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle for us. But we're walking into a an environment I think our players will enjoy. Coach, keep it right there before we talk about the team in particular, because I'm just kind of curious now. Um, you know, as you travel around to a bunch of different facilities, different stadiums, do they ever compare or compete with what you get every single day here in town? No. <laughs> as, nice <laughs> these, as nice as these places are, yeah. they don't even get close to what we have here. Not only the field itself, but the locker rooms, the dugout, the, you know, the places where players can spend some time before the game. You know, we can eat and all that stuff. It, it's not even close. So as nice as it is at McNeese State, and we play at some great venues, some really outstanding venues, they don't come close to what we have here at uh, Charles Schwab, that's for sure. We'll get to the, 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 the five preseason all-conference all selections in the, in the team. But let me ask you one more s question about the schedule because I know you're competitive I know you want the best. I know you're always thinking long-term, and you're going to get a great environment at McNeese. Coastal will be exciting. Uh, I think you go to Cal State, Northridge. When, you're, when you look at the early season slate, dealing with the weather, and I know you don't like to talk about it a ton and make excuses, but with the opener to the season, do you like the way that the schedule will break out for you in terms of being able to have some sort of a mini forecast? Well, you know, in a perfect world, I would like to start in, like, the state of Arkansas because maybe the weather there is going to be 45 to 50, 50 degrees. Yeah. It's a little bit more closer to what we're going to play the bulk of our season in. I've never been a fan of going to, like, Miami, Florida, or to the warm climate areas, even though you're probably guaranteed to play games. We don't play a lot of baseball games in, in at Creighton in 85-degree weather mm -hmm. in the springtime. So mm -hmm. my job as, as a coach is to prepare ourselves for the bulk of our season, our conference season. So that includes weather. So I'm trying to put our guys in an environment that's similar to what they're going to see. So down in Louisiana this weekend, we're going to see 50s. So that's kind of conducive to what we're going to see up here when we get into April and May. So it's not too far away from – the same kind of conditions that I think the bulk of our games are going to be played in. But we, we, we try to look at that. But whenever I get a chance to play a Coastal Carolina, we're going to jump on that. So that had nothing to do with climate. That all had to do with the type of team. Yeah, that's a yeah, heck of an environment. the type of program they are, you know. It's a great way to lay it out because, you know, you would think a lot of times you would want the reps – uh, more than you would want the environment. But I, I, I liked the case that you made there, Coach. We're talking to Ed Service, head baseball coach over at Creighton. Let's talk about the team now. The squad enters the 2023 season, picked to finish second in the conference with five preseason all-Big East selections, as 
my co-host DB pointed out. That's the most of any team in the Big East. Where do you think this team's strength lies? Would you say pitching, hitting, or defense? I would say depth. I would go a step further. I would say the depth of the team, and it's something that we really have never had a ton of here. We've always had good front-line players, but if we lost a player and it's due to happen, injuries are part of the game, that sometimes we just didn't have another person to fill in, and we there was a little bit of a drop-off. So this year's team, and, and COVID has a lot to do with it. Uh, the rosters have been expanded to 40 men, so we have much more depth. I believe we have 14 pitchers that can get Division One hitters out. Mm. Normally, a normal year for us would be 10, 11, 12. So I think we have some additional guys there. We have about 13 or 14 positional players that are likely to be interchangeable. We've not had that in the past. So I think the depth is going to be the strength of this team from a coaching standpoint. I think sometimes the players, they don't like depth. They want to be one shortstop out there. They want one center fielder out there so they know they're going to play every game. But from a coaching standpoint, you always want to develop depth, and I think we have that this year. Ah, that's a fantastic segue. Early, We opened the show talking about how coaches a lot of times talk about they want versatility and the ability to do different things. And we were talking about your basketball team over there at Creighton and, and guys getting shots and having options. And I said – it really works if your culture is good and guys believe that they'll always have their opportunity because it's hard to stay ready when you're not the one needing to be ready, right? It's always good to talk about Correct. having options until you're the guy that's the other option. How do you feel Correct. like the under, the level of understanding? Because you can play – shoot, I just look at – great. let's just take two guys. Let's look at Grace and Megs, kind of different kind of hitters, how they want to play. Your lineup, you can play a ton of different ways, right? You can hit and run. You can hit for power. You can shop at the gap. Guys have to embrace their role. How do you feel your team's temperament will embrace the different ways that you can play? Well, I really like our upperclassmen. This is actually one of my favorite teams, and I've been doing nice. it for quite a while now. Yeah. And I've told them that several times. They're very low drama. They want to be coached. They're willing to accept roles, even though it may have been different than a role they had last year. And I think the key to all of this is communication. And I try to communicate. I try to be as honest as I can with our players. I always tell them, the only thing I'm not going to share with you is budget. You do not need to know anything about the budget. That's that's an administrative thing. I'll take care of that. But everything else I'm going to share with you as to why we do what we do, whether it be a practice situation or whether it be a game, we like to talk a lot after games about, hey, this is why we did what we did in the sixth inning. This is why we did what we did in the eighth inning. So, Because it, it, it's their program, and I want them to have ownership. And I think if I can communicate that to them, they will take that ownership. And we have a great group of older players. You mentioned two of them, Andrew Meggs and Jack Grace. It's been a lot of fun to get to know these guys even better. And I'm really excited about what's going to happen here starting Friday when the season starts. Coach, uh, you know, you talk about depth. And uh, one position that you really haven't needed depth was the guy coming out of the pen to close out games. Um, And he was dominant for the team in 2022. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about T-Time. I'm talking about Tommy. And all great teams have that automatic out of the pen to close games. And like he fills those shoes nicely. How big is it having him back as a graduate student utilizing 
every bit of his time that he was given to play college ball. Huge, you know, and we we put a heavy emphasis on our bullpen. We always have. Yeah. We've always been fortunate to have guys at the back end that were fearless, that were competitors, um, and could get outs. Because those outs are different at the back end. Those are much different. They're high-stressful situations, and Tommy thrives on that. Matter of fact, he doesn't do well when I put him in a game if we have a five-run lead. That's when he struggles. You know, he, he does much better in those tied games, one-run lead type of scenarios. And the interesting thing about him is he could pitch three innings and give us nine outs, or he could pitch two outs, you know, the, the ninth inning to get two outs. He's got a lot of versatility. Um, you don't often see that in guys at the back end. They have to have. They can only pitch one inning, but Tommy brings a ton of versatility to us. He's almost, you know, he's almost a bullpen in himself because we use him in such a different. You know, we'll use him. You know, we'll use him in the seventh inning on Friday if we got a chance to win that game, and he'll be disappointed if I take him out. <laughs> you know, he wants to finish games, so he's a unique guy, ultra competitive. Um, a lot of fun to be around because I like competitive people and um, great teammate too. So we just got to keep them healthy. You know, I'm tempted to use them every game, and we just got to keep them healthy as we go through the season. Coach, I'm curious to get your answer because you can be a philosoph when you want to. How do you – you have a veteran team, and you – listen, you don't sugarcoat anything. You're super transparent. How do you not talk about the, the Big East finals a year ago in the championship and not have it relate to this season? Do you flush it? Do you address it because you have a veteran team that knows where they want to be, where they were a game away from being a year ago? How does that work with your communication dynamics? We have, we've addressed it just very briefly, mm-hmm. and I've tried to use it just as a way to motivate them, just as a way to say, hey, this is what happened now. Do we want that situation to happen again if we're not interested in that then we got to take a different path you know our preparation has to be different our preparation has to be better um not just that last week of the season but you know every opportunity we get to practice and and the really fun thing about this team and there's many fun things about it is you can say stuff that like that to them Mm -hmm. they're very mature you know we have nine graduate students yeah and and i never thought i'd have one let alone nine on one team. So it, it's, a, it's a lot more fun. I can communicate to them. I don't have to worry about, oh, am I hurting somebody's feelings or not? Because they know where I'm coming from, too. We're all pulling in the same direction. And uh, we don't talk about it often, but I have used it once or twice just as a way to get them hey, refocused and motivated as to we don't want that to happen again. Coach, last year the NCAA tournament bid came up short in the Big, in the Big East Championship, but preseason expectation pencils you back in that spot to avenge last season's feat. You know, the goal is always to make it to the CWS, but as you know, it's not a marathon, or it, as you know, it is a marathon, I should say. It's not a sprint. Uh, what goals have you set forth for this team this year to help you get there? Well, we want to get off to a little bit better start, mm-hmm. and, and we've, we've conveyed this to our players that at Creighton University, every game is important. Sometimes if you're the bigger school down south or whatever, you can kind of play into your season a little bit, knowing that you're, you're going to get an opportunity to go to a regional and you're going to have an opportunity to potentially host a regional. 
at Creighton University, you look at things a lot differently. We cannot play into our season. We must find a way to play it better early. And I'm, I'm optimistic because the weather has allowed us to get outside a little bit more this year mm-hmm. than some years. So I think we're a little bit better prepared to potentially get off to a faster start. But I think if we'd have got off to a faster start last year, we might have had a chance to do something besides, you know, you must win the conference tournament, otherwise you don't advance. And that's what the 2019 team did. They really did a great job with those non-conference games, and they set themselves up going to the conference tournament where they didn't necessarily have to win it to continue to play. And that's always been our goal. So in order for that to happen, we got to play better early. All right, one more, Coach. I prom- I, I fibbed on the last one just because i gotta, I got to <laughs> take advantage of the topical smarts. A couple of the teams that we've talked to, Omaha, they don't have a true freshman or a sophomore. Uh, Coach Bold, he's going to start. He's got five fifth-year seniors on the bump alone. You guys, veteran. You, you've talked about it. You're, you're an old, mature ball club. Is this a COVID thing, or is this something that you think is sustainable to get old and be old as there's a lot of mature teams in college baseball? Yes, there is, and there's a lot of reasons for that. COVID is one. But the fact that Major League Baseball now only has 20 rounds yeah. is oh, another point. reason. Yeah. And then the other reason is players are realizing that we do a really good job at the college level in developing players. And then the player now only spends maybe one or two years in the minor leagues where he used to spend four or five years in a minor league. So he'd rather spend it at the college level than in a pro game because – you know, let's let's face it. The college athlete gets treated pretty well nowadays. So, um, I think there's a lot of reasons why they're staying longer. But COVID would be at the top of the list. But I think the major league draft, having whittled it down to 20 rounds now, there's less opportunities for these guys to go on to the pro game. Unless you see a lot more seniors and fifth-year seniors playing the game, and it's been a better game for us because of that. So it, it's been a win-win for the for the college programs to have these older players in our program. Safe to say those that have kind of thought ahead maybe a year or two can recalibrate the quickest because the rosters will reset. It's not just baseball. It's a lot of college sports that will have to sure. reset and recalibrate recruiting after this final year. Is it a year process? Is it a two process or two year? Or is it, hey, you know what? We've already been thinking about this. I understand what we've got to be able to help supplement in the portal as well. Well, you're right. It's, it's going to flush its way through here soon, and we're going to be back to what we consider to be normal before COVID. But then you throw in, and you mentioned the transfer portal. That is going to change everything again because I feel bad sometimes for the high school athlete because they're getting overlooked now, and a lot of programs are saying, okay, if we need four players for next year's roster, let's go to the transfer portal and get those four guys. Because I don't want to really, get, I don't want to really get engaged in developing young players like you have to when you bring a high schooler or a freshman into your program. We're never going to go that route. I like a little bit of blend. I like to work with the young players. I like to have the players in our program for three, four, five years, because then they know me. I know them. It just works better that way. Sometimes when you get a grad guy, as good as they may be, there's still an adjustment period, and. Um, Usually during that adjustment period, 
not a lot of good things are taking place. So I, I, we're going we're gonna to try to continue to recruit high school players, and then we'll pluck a transfer portal guy every once in a while. But I, I, think, I think that transfer thing is uh, we don't know quite the impact that has on baseball quite yet. We're probably going to have to see it through another year or two before we really fully appreciate the impact of the transfer portal in baseball. God, fantastic stuff, Coach. Coach, we appreciate your thoughts. <laughs> we appreciate your knowledge, and good luck this Friday. Best wishes, Coach. Hey, thanks. Thanks much, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Coach. That's Coach Ed Service, head coach over at Creighton Baseball. That's fantastic. Very deep. Very, I, I, you know, like I, I really do I mean d- knowledgeable I love our, yeah, when I just it comes love our to baseball guys. When it comes to like breaking down, like you, you guys were talking about the transfer portal and how it's easier not to have to develop somebody when you're looking maybe and and if you're in win now mode, oh. you're not going to go to high school. You're going to go to the transfer portal, and it's just a different age. And what are what are the odds? Whether you're Bellevue, Omaha, Creighton, uh, Nebraska, these are older baseball teams, and you're kind of looking around and. And I can't help but to kind of go back to something Coach Frost said about wanting to get old and stay old. And I just wonder how long it will how long it will take to recalibrate the COVID years to reset the rosters without killing just in general the across, high school. No, I'm de- across it, so, all so it's, sports. It's just on my mind, right? So I'm trying to. It's, ask, it's been on my mind since COVID these, started. How, you add the year and you take away scholarships here. Yeah, I'm looking at guys like like Dominic, you know, guys that came over, um, you know, for from Notre Dame. He's a Fremont Bergen guy in high school in New Jersey, and I'm just looking at his, you know, he's. I think he's going to be a a red. He's going to be a junior for Creighton. I think he's played like three years of college baseball, a sophomore, I should say, and he's and he's played three years of college baseball. And I'm just like, how long will it? take for that to reset mm-hmm. it's a that's great why, thought that's why i always look at nebraska scholarship distribution chart in football right they only have they're going to end up having single digit number of seniors <laughs> before it's all said and done my guess it's going to be a, a <laughs> no you have single digit seniors that's crazy if you're in high school wanting to go to school it turns a lot of kids off sometimes well, I think basketball is probably the most difficult to well, because, adjust yeah, to because well, people just size. flip it around, and it's hard to be a tweener high school player and, and get those offers. But well, it's also hard I, I to like find this room, right? Yeah, like you can be a bench guy. There, there's a lot of coaches that welcome you to be. Hey, you're you're essentially here if, for practice, right? And the one thing I didn't think of that he said, which is why it's above my pay grade. See, the college dra- the draft college draft the draft being only 20 rounds Mm -hmm. now i that's one thing i did not think of off the top because i'm like these rosters are gonna have to turn around i'm just looking at some of these teams and their power rankings and how old they are i'm like this is weird we heard coach bolt say well we have x amount of fifth year seniors which is odd in our game it's kind of cool now to be a junior in college bat how would you like to be topping now his team isn't very good in kentucky but Three years ago, it'd be like, ah, too old, been in the game too long, man. He's tarnished. But now you kind of want some veterans because you're playing against mm-hmm. grown-ups. Right. And you're in that age to where you're playing against experience now. 
Yeah. You're playing against guys that have been there, done that for four plus years. If you bring in young talent, sometimes the game translates. You're literally playing 18 versus 23. Right. And sometimes it, it translates for the best ones. Um, if, you're, if you're the most talented on the floor, more times than not, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. You're just it's, the most talented. And, and just imagine, it, it, even ma- it matters in high school which is why you see so many people reclass, right? I mean, Isaiah McMorris is going to be 19. Davon Hall is older. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at some of these guys that are a year and a half, two years older than the people that they're playing against, just magnify that in, in college, right? I mean, Purdue had two fifth-year guys playing against two redshirt freshmen at Nebraska, and I say redshirt because one of them was a COVID year. You've only been on campus one year. It, uh, that stuff matters, man. Hey, before we change gears, I want to take a moment and tell you about Zipline Brewing. They have this Mosaic IPA, which Shane was a huge fan Love, of. Loved it. A delicious West Coast-style IPA. Shane, I think you just want to be on the West Coast right now, you know, get away from the weather. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I sat around, I had two, three beers in a row. <laughs> I, I said in a row? <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, though, Shane, you chose well because this is the U.S. Open Beer Championship silver medalist you're drinking. In a very crowded category. It's an American IPA. Big notes of blueberry, tangerine, and yes, Shane, you guessed it, papaya. Nice work over there. <laughs> a taproom favorite, now available all year round. If he you said papaya. By the way, you can get all that stuff from the website. Great website. I've been on there. I've checked it out. I love it. It's Zipline Brewing. Coming up next, I have a point that... DB and I are going to talk about in regards to 2023 recruiting. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved at any point. I read an article this past week, and it was written by Mitch Sherman at The Athletic, and he was talking about, in Matt Rule's college coaching history, position change is a part of the game. And he mentioned Nate Hairston, Blake Lynch, Hassan Reddick, your guy in at Baylor, the only guy that really stuck around at Baylor whenever Coach Rule uh, took over, Jalen. Is yeah. it Petre? Petre? Yeah. It, well, was Fleek's... Did he stick around? Because he's like ninth year now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, maybe, maybe. Okay, so it may have been a couple of people. Um, but Jay, these are all guys that are in the NFL, right? So it's guys that were like big, fi- not really big finds. Those were the position change point of his article. But the big find was Hassan Reddick, right? Mm-hmm. A guy that was a walk-on, came in to play safety, got moved to edge, Worked his way up, always had a good attitude, and now he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And I, that's kind of where this story kind of started. Um, when, at least for me, it's re- it really sparked my interest. So with a lot of competition this offseason, movement around the roster, um, some positions have more holes to fill than others at Nebraska. Um, and I'm not looking for the best recruit when I say this, D.B., but someone who's willing to learn. I want, I'm taking someone with maybe off-the-wall athleticism, maybe the other characteristics that need to be a well-rounded football player. Could when be the you, guy that popped that's uh, 
doesn't have a real defined spot right now. Correct. I got one. When you look at the 2023 recruiting class, everybody out there, transfer or high school, who could be considered as Rule's next big find? So, like, if I'm, you know, because as I understood the question yesterday. <laughs> kind of. When we were texting back and forth. <laughs> I wanted to wring your neck through the phone. But that's okay. You owned it, so it was cool. I, I, I missed it. I, I was like, it. wow. You're, so, you know what, like, you know who came to mind immediately? Hit me. VCJ. Vincent Carroll Jackson. Because I'm not sure what he's going to do. Right. But I think he's talented. I think he has a big personality so he can kind of help with the self-promotion, not the self-promotion, the promotion of Nebraska. Like if he does, he's the guy that I could see, this, and I'm so weird, which is why I was asking follow-up questions, right? Because do you know what I envision? And I'm not saying he's going to the league, but he would be the guy that on Monday Night Football would say something funny like University of Nebraska a.k.a. Matt Rule University, home of the Black Shirts, GBR, Go Big Red. Like, he, would, he, he would be the guy that changes it up. He's that dude. He's not the one that would just say, like, like if you watch him on Jackson, social media. University of Nebraska. Yeah, he's going to hype his school because, I mean, he's the guy, one of the guys doing a lot of the peer-to-peer recruiting. Right? He's, he's just kind of, he's an interesting guy. He's kind of quirky. Um. VCJ is kind of who I thought of in that role because you kind of see it, you envision it, then you develop it to be that. He was initially who came to mind. I like that point. To, to further branch off of something that you just said, because here my brain goes another direction, of course. <laughs> um, when you talk about those intros on Sunday Night Football, like, are you a fan of when they say, like, their grade school or their middle school? Or it's whatever. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like, because who I, knows what I would do? I, Lord, Lord Dodge Elementary. For me. Morton Junior High. Right. For I don't me, know what I, I'm not a fan of it. And the reason for it is, like, when I was learning Barry, Barry sports, Rogers. Yeah, a little bit. When I was very buttoned up. When I was learning sports, it was better for me to know where they went to college than when they went to grade school or middle school. So, like, if I could know about a guy that I didn't know about, I'm just watching Sunday Night Football and I'm seeing a lineman that I don't pay attention to, and I'm like, wow, he went to Stanford. Stanford's like really produced some O linemen, and like it, it allows me to think more like that. Funny dude, you know what's you know what's interesting is I've gotten off of that because I – so two things. It's so funny you say this. So I've gotten off of this for two reasons. Number one, when I was – when I signed with my agent, uh, it was Schwartz and Fabricant, okay? Kerry Fabricant, Neil Schwartz, and I had the same agent as, as Mike Menner. And we went to we went to dinner one day after a work, uh, pro workout. We went to the upstream downtown in Lincoln. And he said, you know, he said, this is this is so interesting, fellas. Well, number one, one guy ended up being a second-round draft pick. The other guy was a free agent. So aside from those differences, he said, this is so interesting on the perceptions of the schools. Mike was playing free safety. It was, uh, you know, black shirts. It was DBU. At the time, they were cranking out guys, like, had a lot of swag. His testing numbers validated what they saw in film. Me, on the other hand, really good testing numbers, you know, 10-8 broad, whatever it was, right? So 
it was, man, you know, kind of the knock on Nebraska running backs is you're used to running through too many holes. College mm-hmm. typically can be too easy for Nebraska running backs. So it soured me on just aff- affiliating a school with X amount of pro deal. And I just heard it the other day with Riley Moss. Riley Moss is doing an interview after the after one of the practices. And um can't remember the guy from the NFL Network. He was like, hey, listen, the NFL scouts, I'm talking to these guys. They know that they're getting player from my blank player from Iowa. You know, sound, heady, smart. Sure. All these terms. And I was like, man, you're afforded that kind of luxury just based on the school that you come from. Because that's that's how wide receivers that don't even play for college teams like Alabama have six-year careers in the league because they were the sixth receiver at Alabama, right? So I kind of soured on that over time, but I see it manifest itself. Do you know what I like to do now? This is weird. I like to see where somebody went to high school and who they played against. Like that's kind of what I – It it just requires a lot more work on the back. It does, but that's why I like most recently Ramir Johnson. Why do I like Ramir? Ramir went to a high school where there had to be regiment. They were used Mm -hmm. to winning – uh, he had to do things a certain way. He wasn't the best guy on his team. He had to drive an hour to school. So I started doing right. that because I just felt like yeah, I understand getting the benefit of mm-hmm. the doubt, but we even do it with transfer right. portal guys. Oh, yeah. wins from Alabama. Sherman's from Georgia. Like, we don't know. We just fall mm-hmm. in love with the college. Yeah, well, and I think that's just because the majority of people – reference That's college what they and know. everything and, and, and for like you me. like you are definitely in the minority when you say hey i would prefer to know where you went to high school than college the majority of people would rather know where you went to college just to know where you went to college mm. um because that's at least what sparks more conversation uh going back to our original point though db for me i think the next big find and it, and it may be a little more obvious than vc vcj is mj sherman mm-hmm and, uh, you know, I've, I've liked MJ since he first committed. Um, he's someone who embraces competition. He isn't afraid to get a little dirty in the process. I mean, remember a month ago um, when I made the claim, don't be surprised if he's a captain come August. And it yeah. was kind of like a, Whoa. I looked at you. Right. But because of the new staff, I thought, hey, we're going a new direction with everything. He's a silent leader. Mm-hmm. He leads by example. He embodies everything Matt Rule is about. His relatively limited role and stat line of 15 career tackles is more a product of Georgia's elite talent rather than his own struggles because you know me I'm not a, I'm not the type of guy that says hey when things get hard move on move somewhere else instead of fighting through it mm-hmm. because you're worried about x y and z happening in front of you no I, I'm big into battling through adversity not to say that I'm not all in on somebody saying like hey I'm not getting the playing time I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get it but I want you to move on for the right reasons this is one of those things for MJ Sherman he put in the work he did as much as he could at Georgia to be involved in special teams and even sometimes on defense but now he's ready to do it full-time he's ready to get there full-time but he never let that get to him And that is why I like MJ Sherman for the next big fine take because even when playing time wasn't easy, 
Kirby Smart still once said about MJ Sherman, I'm really proud of his maturity. Which to me goes back to what I said at the very beginning of this whole thing, his willingness to learn. Here's the funny thing, too. What If you're right, like let's say in 12 months, like MJ Sherman blows up. Do you realize the significance of what that does via the portal? It goes back to what we were talking about at the end of last segment with Ed. That would be a heck of a catalyst and a heck of a springboard. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to be developed and you didn't get the opportunity here? Look what happened here. You know, big school. To, that would be a heck of a story to tell. And the transfer portal may get in the way now. I mean, hey, Trey Palmer like, may already be that guy. Kind of already is. Yep. Because um, we were talking about when they lost Trey, who's going to replace that production on offense? Yeah, well, how about the only three guys at Combine are transfers? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not good. Not good. Hey, coming up next, we're playing two for you. Get involved. Give us a call. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876, if you'd like to get involved at any point. I read an article this past week, and it was written by Mitch Sherman at The Athletic, and he was talking about, in Matt Rule's college coaching history, position change is a part of the game. And he mentioned Nate Hairston, Blake Lynch, Hassan Reddick, your guy in at Baylor, the only guy that really stuck around at Baylor whenever Coach Rule uh, took over. Jalen. Is yeah. it Petre? Petre? Yeah. It, well, was Fleeks, did he stick around? Because he's like ninth year now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so it may have been a couple of people. Um, but Jay, these are all guys that are in the NFL, right? So it's guys that were like big, fi- not really big finds. Those were the position change point of his article. But the big find was Hassan Reddick, right? Mm -hmm. A guy that was a walk-on, came in to play safety, got moved to edge, worked his way up, always had a good attitude, and now he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And I, that's kind of where this story kind of started. um, When, at least for me, it's, it really sparked my interest. So with a lot of competition, this off season movement around the roster, um, some positions have more holes to fill than others at Nebraska. Um, and I'm not looking for the best recruit when I say this, DB, but someone who's willing to learn. I want, I'm taking someone with maybe off-the-wall athleticism, maybe the other characteristics that need to be a well-rounded football player. Could when be the you, guy that popped that uh, doesn't have a real defined spot right now. Correct. I got one. When you look at the 2023 recruiting class, everybody out there, transfer or high school, who could be considered as Rule's next big find? So, like, if I'm, you know, because as I understood the question yesterday. (laughs) Kind of. When we were texting back and forth. (laughs) I wanted to wring your neck through the phone. But that's okay. You owned it, so it was cool. I I missed it. I I was like, wow. So, you know what, like, you know who came to mind immediately? Hit me. VCJ, Vincent Carroll Jackson. Because I'm not sure what he's going to do. Right. But I think he's talented. I think he has a big personality, so he can kind of 
help with the self-promote, not the self-promotion, the promotion of Nebraska. Like if he does, he's the guy that I could see. This, and I'm so weird, which is why I was asking follow-up questions, right? Because do you know what I envision? And I'm not saying he's going to the league, but he would be the guy that on Monday Night Football would say something funny like University of Nebraska a.k.a. Matt Rule University, home of the Black Shirts, GBR, Go Big Red. Like, he, would, he, he would be the guy that changes it up. He's that dude. He's not the one that would just say, like, like if you watch him on Jackson, social media. University of Nebraska. Yeah, he's going to hype his school because, I mean, he's the guy, one of the guys doing a lot of the peer-to-peer recruiting. Right? He's, he's just kind of, he's an interesting guy. He's kind of quirky. Um. VCJ is kind of who I thought of in that role because you kind of see it, you envision it, then you develop it to be that. He was initially who came to mind. I like that point. To, to further branch off of something that you just said, because here my brain goes another direction, of course. <laughs> um, when you talk about those intros on Sunday Night Football, like, are you a fan of when they say, like, their grade school or their middle school? Or it's whatever. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like, because who I, knows what I would do? I, Lord, uh, Lord Dodge Elementary. For me. Morton Junior High. Right. For I don't me, know what I, I'm not a fan of it. And the reason for it is, like, when I was learning Barry, Barry sports, Rogers. Yeah, a little bit. When I was very buttoned up. When I was learning sports, it was better for me to know where they went to college than when they went to grade school or middle school. So, like, if I could know about a guy that I didn't know about, I'm just watching Sunday Night Football and I'm seeing a lineman that I don't pay attention to, and I'm like, wow, he went to Stanford. Stanford's like really produced some O linemen, and like it, it allows me to think more like that. Funny dude, you know what's you know what's interesting is I've gotten off of that because I – so two things. It's so funny you say this. So I've gotten off of this for two reasons. Number one, when I was – when I signed with my agent, uh, it was Schwartz and Fabricant, okay? Kerry Fabricant, Neil Schwartz, and I had the same agent as, as Mike Menner. And we went to we went to dinner one day after a work, uh, pro workout. We went to the upstream downtown in Lincoln. And he said, you know, he said, this is this is so interesting, fellas. Well, number one, one guy ended up being a second-round draft pick. The other guy was a free agent. So aside from those differences, he said, this is so interesting on the perceptions of the schools. Mike was playing free safety. It was, uh, you know, black shirts. It was DBU. At the time, they were cranking out guys, like, had a lot of swag. His testing numbers validated what they saw in film. Me, on the other hand, really good testing numbers, you know, 10-8 broad, whatever it was, right? So it was, man, you know, kind of the knock on Nebraska running backs is you're used to running through too many holes. College Mm -hmm. typically can be too easy for Nebraska running backs. So it soured me on just a affiliating a school with X amount of pro deal. And I just heard it the other day with Riley Moss. Riley Moss is doing an interview after the after one of the practices and um, can't remember the guy from the NFL Network. He was like, hey, listen, the NFL scouts, I'm talking to these guys, they know that they're getting player from my blank player from Iowa. 
you know, sound, heady, smart, sure, all these terms. And I was like, man, you're afforded that kind of luxury just based on the school that you come from. Because that's, that's how wide receivers that don't even play for college teams like Alabama have six-year careers in the league because they were the sixth receiver at Alabama, right? So I, I kind of soured on that over time, but I see it manifest itself. Do you know what I like to do now? This is weird. I like to see where somebody went to high school and who they played against. Like, that's kind of what I... It, it just requires a lot more work on it the back. It does, but that's why I like, most recently, Ramir Johnson. Why do I like Ramir? Man, Ramir went to a high school where he, there had to be regiment. They were used mm-hmm. to winning... Uh, he had to do things a certain way. He wasn't the best guy on his team. He had to drive an hour to school. So I started doing right. that because I just felt like yeah, I understand getting the benefit of mm-hmm. the doubt, but we even do it with transfer right. portal guys. Oh, yeah. wins from Alabama. Sherman's from Georgia. Like, we don't know. We just fall in love with the college. Yeah, well, and I think that's just because the majority of people – reference That's college what they and know. everything and, and, and for like you me. like you are definitely in the minority when you say hey i would prefer to know where you went to high school than college the majority of people would rather know where you went to college just to know where you went to college mm. um because that's at least what sparks more conversation uh going back to our original point though db for me i think the next big find and it, and it may be a little more obvious than vc vcj is mj sherman mm-hmm and, uh, you know, I've, I've liked MJ since he first committed. Um, he's someone who embraces competition. He isn't afraid to get a little dirty in the process. I mean, remember a month ago um, when I made the claim, don't be surprised if he's a captain come August. And it yeah. was kind of like a, Whoa. I looked at you. Right. But because of the new staff, I thought, hey, we're going a new direction with everything. He's a silent leader. Mm. He leads by example. He embodies everything Matt Rule is about. His relatively limited role and stat line of 15 career tackles is more a product of Georgia's elite talent rather than his own struggles because you know me I'm not a, I'm not the type of guy that says hey when things get hard move on move somewhere else instead of fighting through it mm-hmm. because you're worried about x y and z happening in front of you no I, I'm big into battling through adversity not to say that I'm not all in on somebody saying like hey I'm not getting the playing time I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get it but I want you to move on for the right reasons this is one of those things for MJ Sherman he put in the work he did as much as he could at Georgia to be involved in special teams and even sometimes on defense but now he's ready to do it full-time he's ready to get there full-time but he never let that get to him and that is why I like MJ Sherman for the next big fine take because even when playing time wasn't easy. Kirby Smart still once said about MJ Sherman, I'm really proud of his maturity. Which to me goes back to what I said at the very beginning of this whole thing, his willingness to learn. Here's the funny thing too. What If you're right, like let's say in 12 months, like MJ Sherman blows up. Do you realize the significance of what that does via the portal? It goes back to what we were talking about at the end of last segment with Ed. That would be a heck of a catalyst and a heck of a springboard. Mm -hmm. Hey, you want to be developed and you didn't get the opportunity here? Look what happened here. No big school. That would be a heck of a story to tell. And the transfer portal may get in the way now. I mean, Trey Palmer may already be that guy. 
kind of already is. Yep. Because um, we were talking about when they lost Trey, who's going to replace that production on offense? Yeah. Well, how about the only three guys at Combine are transfers? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not good. Not good. <laughs> hey, coming up next, we're playing two for you. Get involved. Give us a call. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Your phone calls, 888-638-4876. We are playing two for you, which is presented by Dingman's Collisions Center. And DB, you just went to Dingman's or you go tomorrow? Is that what it is? Uh, I'll, I'm be to keep back, your I'll be back there in about 45 minutes. Oh, so it's today. So he's going back today to get work done over at Dingman's. And uh, he can't. He can't talk enough about his experience over there, um, and I'll let him add into that. But you know why he can't talk enough about it? It's because they are so involved in helping the community. They're family-owned. They're a family-run local business. They've been in the business for over 25 years now, so they must be doing something right. They have four locations all throughout the metro area, along with that standalone mechanical shop over at 120th and Maple, which is where you went. If I'm correct. Exactly, 120th. And um, all in all, you can't work with a better group of people. So if you, if you have car trouble or any issue with your car that you know, may need fixing, they work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas. Take your car over to Dingman's, and they will k- take care of you. Make sure to mention the show, too, um, and let them know that you know, they're getting their worth uh, just by working with us because we like working with them. Two for you time. Are you da, excited? Da, 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 da. Because I we're going to play regardless if we have a listener or not. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always in on two it's for exciting. you. And we want to give away gift cards, so give us a call. We'll start playing. Uh, and it's Hail uh, Varsity Club gift cards where the food's just fantastic. And you can end up using it on Friday when you come to our live show. Oh, how about that? Why not? We, we could be with our non-aforementioned buddy that decided to drink his breakfast. That was funny. I don't think he ate, but he stayed for two hours with his partner in crime. I was like, good on you. I wish I had one of those jobs. Did that'd be, su- that'd be, su- yes. That was it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that sat. Yeah, like, no, I remember. Yeah. I remember. I was just trying to remember if they got uh, any food. <laughs> no. Nothing no. to fill their belly up with. No, no. But hey, no, you're playing no. for a $10 so gift what card. Is a blender or something? Pardon? Or, no, or no, was no. he drinking like Bloody Marys? Yeah, no, he was it drinking. There was orange juice in there. Yeah, he, he was the guy. Yeah, oh, he was actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember, was they drinking. stayed. So he was getting it in early. Yeah, mm-hmm. they stayed. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Now, in his defense, he didn't get here until about 8. <laughs> well, because he was. And so he stayed till the night 10. before. <laughs> and he had to continue the next day. He had to sleep in a little bit. Who knows? It's like, hey, we got some recordings to do. All right, Shane, kick off some music. You and DB are going to go first. Why? Because I like when you play with Shane. Oh, boy. Hey, so with the special, they have, like, uh, the chicken tortilla soup that Shane loved. They have the jalapeno pepperoni and cream cheese pizza. Today? And the cherry something or other smoked wings. Ch- oh, I Chipotle. told you. I told you I wanted cherry to Cherry chipotle. That. Is that what it is, yeah. Shane? Because you're, chip- you're not sweet, right? That's I'm not, not a, you. I'm not a sweet meat Sweet. Guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, you ready, though? I'm ready. Shane, you ready? Let's get it. All right. <laughs> I like how you said, let's get it, before you even said he was ready. He let's was like, go. Let's just go. Let's go. All right, guys. A Nebraska football alum that played in the Super Bowl. 
do I need to write this down? Okay. Alright, I got it. A state that borders Arizona. <laughs> wow, really? Okay. Well, there's like three or four. Uh, Maybe okay. three. Okay. Heads or tails? Wow. That's just a tip. Shane, you got to come on more often. Oh, <laughs> the bad. What did I say? <laughs> and something that rhymes with chief. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? <laughs> Let's play. All right, guys. You're, you're an idiot. <laughs> Hey, a Nebraska football alum that played in the Super Bowl. Three, two, one. Sue. Sue. That a boy, that a boy. One for one. A state that borders Arizona. Three, two, one. California. <laughs> Those aren't the same name. One for two. Still a good batting average. You're in the Hall of Fame right now. Oh, shoot. Hey, guys. Heads. Or tails. Three, two, one. Heads. <laughs> That's a winner right there, but we're going to play again. Hey, something that rhymes with chief. Three, two, one. Belief. I said leaf. <laughs> Did he say belief? He said belief. <laughs> I mean, because it made too much sense to just say leaf. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why yeah, not yeah, put yeah. why not put the B in there, right? Just make it as make it as complicated as possible. <laughs> Do you know what I thought he was gonna say? Except it's his wrong genre of music. Shane, you are unbelievable. I thought he was gonna say Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, do you know who Chief Keith is? Uh, no. He, I thought you guys were gonna he, say beef. He played free safety for us this year. That's what I used to call Kiefer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Chief Keith. Shane. Belief. Sutherland. Belief. Two. Yeah, belief. Only so, two. so we would have run. We would have won you Trent ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you would have won Trent ten dollars. <laughs> I like how you put that. Nice. All right, uh, Shane. You want to play with me, or you want to want me to play with uh, DB? All right, let's go. Me and you, Andrew. Uh -oh. Let's do this. Uh oh, kick it off. Can we ever get four for four? Oh, we'll get four for four. I'm feeling good. Not with Shane, but with you when we play next. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shane. Something you do first thing in the morning. Okay. A Pop-Tart flavor. Okay. A popular Valentine's Day gift. Okay. And something you'd order at Hale Varsity Club. Oh, you know this one. Okay. I'm trying to think of which, what would Shane or All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this. All right, I'm ready. DB, you going to count us down for me? Yep. All right, Shane, something you do first thing in the morning. Three, two, one. P. Number one. Attaboy. 
You could you just not have said P? No, I had to be a little bit outrageous when I said number it. one. Number one. What are you three? Oh well, we found out I'm four because I pick on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> D- 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 I didn't say that. Again. You said that. <laughs> Hey, you're just in that. He picks. You're on in me. that childlike mindset today. You get it? Get it? You say jerk. That kind of stuff. Um, all right, a pop tart flavor. Three, two, one. Strawberry. Brown sugar, cinnamon. Again, you're doing too much. This is the the OG flavor. You're doing too much. BSC is the OG flavor. Brown sugar, cinnamon. It's what it's called. You just Look can't up. keep it simple. Simple? What's more simple than brown sugar? Well, I don't know. Strawberry, cherry. Cherry? Who buys cherry? Going with commonality here with Shane. He's Mr. Simple. Okay. Strawberry? How'd that treat you? Come on. (laughs) Shane, you're wrong. Um, Of course. A popular Valentine's Day gift. Three, two, one. Chocolate. Chocolate. Wow. I thought he was going to say flowers. Me too. (laughs) I thought so, and I'm like, oh, please say chocolate. Chocolate's the right answer. I still okay. Cinnamon brown sugar's fine. <laughs> and a uh, oh, something you'd order at Hale Varsity Club. I almost gave my answer. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I took this as something I would order. Okay, of course you did. Well, thank goodness. Not something just <laughs> a generic person would order. Well, I think what he's going to say is pretty generic mm-hmm. as well. Okay, three, two, one. Hamburger. Yep, that a boy. All right. Wait, Hamburger. is that three? Three out of four. We would have gotten Pop-Tart flavor. Come on, Shane. <laughs> uh, Pop-Tarts. Why didn't you just say, like, powdered rainbow cinnamon sprinkle Chocolate glaze? chip cookie dough. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookie dough. Shane, how much time do we have? I, I, watch, I watched a guy. Two minutes. Do, so Two I watched minutes. a guy on TikTok do taste tests for the chocolate chip cookie dough Twix and the chocolate chip cookie dough... Uh, Milky Way. And he almost spit the Twix out. He said, that's just regular Twix. Just buy it if you don't buy the cookie dough. But he liked the fact that the Milky Way had an opportunity with more nougat. Nougat. Say that slow. Trust me. (laughs) There you go. Keep you safe on the radio. Uh, He liked that cookie dough one. But he just does it. He, He buys random things. To see if it tastes like it's supposed to. He's a funny follow on TikTok. I know. You laugh at me. It's fine. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Andrew. I'm just still laughing because you made me say nougat slow. <laughs> well, it's easy to make mistakes. Tony Romo. <laughs> hey, you are it. That's, I'm just telling you, dude. You are it today you're you have that it factor you yeah that man factor. that's what i do that's what i do we would have played round three kind of running out of time today so uh we'll avoid doing that ha- happy uh post valentine's day hey, blues happy, payday for some happy post what else what else could, could today be a, a good day some people are cheering some people are sad halfway through black history month well how about this juju does not have cred to troll the Eagles, according to that our poll, that one? audience. No. Dude, he played his brains out. 27.8% said yes. Juju played his brains out. Not just in that game. I, when, I, when I said cred, I was thinking career-wise, does he have enough cred to pull off something like that? Uh, I don't disagree with our audience. I don't think he's done enough. You're on your but own also, here's how I, <laughs> I'm also the, the big uh, – I'm also on the side of, hey – 
this guy's in the NFL, so like he can say whatever he wants. Like all the other guys are in the NFL too. Hey, he probably <laughs> let Bradbury know ahead of time he was doing it. You think? Hey man, I'm about to get you on Twitter. No, no way, no <laughs> shot. Did you see uh, Dak Prescott's intercepting my love Valentine? No. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were out there. <laughs> Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.